That was cool. <laughs> We're back. All right. We're back. We are finally back. We're back. It's, it's official. Texas is back. Megan and Rocky are back. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Meg. I'm Rocky. I'm, I'm Megan. Sorry. I'm Who knows? I'm Megan. Who knows? This is gonna be one of those shows, guys. It's, but actually, it's gonna be really exciting because we're we, a mess. We we are a mess, but we had the wonderful honor of interviewing Hayden Connor. Uh, yes. So we've got some awesome clips, a lot of really great yes. uh, takes from him. And and we, we spent about an hour with him. So we're going to share a lot of that with y'all uh, today. Get his takes on the Big 12 uh, football champions. Absolutely. Get his takes on the uh, the Sugar Bowl, what it means to be at Texas and so much more. So we're so happy that y'all are here. Yeah. We appreciate you working with us through our just train wreck of technical difficulties. Yeah. That was so we'll we'll get to the clips in a bit and talk about it. But we're gonna put the full audio audio um, on the podcast and then the full video will come up too um, through Texas Sports Unfiltered on YouTube. So you'll get to watch it all. Um, but for now, but today we'll we'll have a conversation, share some of the clips and kind of give you a little tease of what good stuff we got. Absolutely. He was awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. But first. Let's jump into some of the cool things. I mean, we we're definitely going to talk a lot of Sugar Bowl. A lot. We're going to talk a lot of Big Twelve Championship game, playoff selections, bowl games. Absolutely. Yeah. But first, there's a lot more going on on the forty. That we've got women's volleyball advanced. They actually flew out to California. They are participating uh, in the next round of regionals, mm -hmm. looking to to defend that national championship title uh, out in Stanford right now. They went so, to Stanford, right? Yep. So that's going to be. Uh, Pretty awesome to watch. A lot of fun. Of course, we know that they took out the Aggies in the first round to to advance. It's been a lot of fun watching volleyball. Have you? I mean, you've been to volleyball games. Oh yeah, before, yeah, right? yeah. The, it's, yeah. The crowd is amazing. So then this this past week, Thursday night, they had the Aggies. Right? They mm -hmm. were seated. Um, the Aggies came to Gregory Gym, and they came out strong. Won the first set, but of course, Texas volleyball. It's tough to beat them at home. That just doesn't happen in years and years. So, uh, pulled away one three one. They they won three one, mm -hmm. um, and then they had um, SMU mm -hmm. swept SMU. Moving on. Yep. So they have number eleven Tennessee. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, definitely, obviously, you know, you get farther in, it's it's a lot stiffer competition. People making it farther in the rounds, but. You know, it seems like this volley volleyball team is really finding their groove. You know, mm -hmm. there was a, there a few hiccups. We lost some key players from last year's national championship right. team. But just like he always does, Jared Elliott reloads. reloads. He's, he's always ready. Took him a little bit to work out some communication stuff, maybe figure out how to play with each other. But they're really coming on at the end of this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, get hot at the right time. I you mean, know, taking nice. some cues. Just like football. Just, yeah, just <laughs> like football getting hot at the right time. I love it. Good job. I love it. And then the women, the basketball team. They uh they had a pretty big win here too. Yeah, so my friend, um, I've talked to her before when I was visiting UConn earlier um, in the summer. We um I, we visited like the you, basketball is everything, everything. to UConn, and right. when you go, they have a gorgeous alumni center with a trophy room, and you sit in stadium seats from all the different Final Fours, and there's posters and and statues and photos and movies playing of all the all basketball, it's yeah. amazing how much they love and care for their basketball at, at UConn mm -hmm. and they've of course won many national championships mm -hmm. and it's a huge tradition they love their women's basketball mm -hmm. so it was a big deal for them to come down you know 
program like that to come and play Texas. And it was at the right time for Texas because Texas won that game. Yeah. My friend Miranda was like, Decisively, we're going to see you on too. Austin and, you know, soon this, this season. And um, I'm like, okay, it's going to be, we're going to give you all a game. We're going to give you all a great game. The W. Absolutely. What, a, what an amazing win. Yeah. I mean, Vic Schaefer's really got him cooking. Of course, Rory Herman. I mean, she, you can't say enough about her. She's again, once again, player of the week for big yep. 12. Um, she's going to win all the accolades. I mean, she that, should. she's going to be amazing, is amazing. Going to take it to the next level. but Even the UConn coach had so much praise for right. her. Right. Well, for the whole team, you know, right. he had mentioned he couldn't see any faults in this Texas team, wow. which is a, a massive thing to say. So obviously Vic Schaefer, the right guy for the job. He's mm -hmm. building something really special. If you guys, and there was a record crowd at that game too. There was over 10,000 at the Moody to watch wow. women's basketball. So again, it's, it's a ton of fun. If folks haven't gone, if you're looking for something to do, um, it's, it's definitely an affordable thing to, to check out and yes. it is a fun atmosphere. So highly recommend that. I mean, number five women's basketball team in the nation. Yeah. You gotta love top it. Top five women's volleyball, top five women's basketball. That that's huge. They, um, had, we got, we watched it on TV. That was the atmosphere was electric. The students were there. Um, they gave them the, you know, the show that they deserved. Mm -hmm. And I was telling my friend, you're going to be impressed with the Moody Center and you're going to be impressed with the, you know, the lights and the fire and the yeah. intros. And, and, you know, lots of schools have neat things, but we're so fortunate to have such a new, beautiful state of the art finally. and and the graphics and the video. And it's just fantastic. The atmosphere. And she said, Absolutely a million percent impressed. That's she was awesome. blown away and she she's worked for UConn for years and has seen it all. She was blown away by what we, what Texas did, you know, everything about it. She said it was beautiful facility, yeah. you know, yeah, it was awesome. Well, that's something I think that Texas fans, we were lacking for a, a while and then CDC came in and he really gets it. It's, it's creating a game day experience, not just for mm -hmm. football, not just for, you know, volleyball it's literally every sport now baseball has changed how how the fans are interacted with the things that you can do on game days the different opportunities it has changed and mm -hmm. it is hopping on the 40 it doesn't matter yeah. what game you go to what sport it it is a fun time there's a lot going on and we're you know all credit to cdc for getting it um and spending the money to create those kind of atmospheres for all sports it's pretty pretty phenomenal man so i love it i love it for the women because um that they're when they get when they schedule these kinds of games and they get moments like this and everyone comes through for them and then they put on a show like that what oh, yeah. a, what a great atmosphere i'm so happy for them absolutely and i mean they they still have it coming they have tonight mm -hmm. is the teddy bear toss yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to a teddy bear toss yeah uh hockey actually okay does it quite a bit so it's, a lot of fun. it's people who come to the games bring teddy bears and throw them out and donate them right and they mm -hmm. collect them and get them to a charity right mm -hmm. so that's tonight they're playing long beach state at the moody center and then and they have a few games and then Big 12 play already starting in just right. a few, couple weeks. And they start with Baylor. That's that's going to be a tough The one. Baylor women and the Texas women, it's, it was it took a long time for Texas to finally get that win against Baylor. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's rivalry. We'll see. It keep, and we'll, and women's we'll see it basketball, I would call that a rivalry. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree. And it's pajama day. The day they play, <laughs> the day they play uh, Baylor's PJs. It said PJs day. So I'm down. And I, that's 
December 30th. I'm so. going to laugh when it's something else, but like we show up in full on pajamas. Like, sup, y'all? Oh, we didn't close the door. The, yeah. doggies, the dogs are coming. So I think it would be pretty fun to, um, if you if you know someone who's a women's basketball fan, sorry, should they get the doggies out? If you know someone who's a women's basketball fan, um, get them maybe some Longhorn pajamas and tickets to the women's basketball game. And that'd be kind of fun. I think that'd be kind of fun to take them to the basketball game in their pajamas, in their Christmas Longhorn pajamas. That'd be cute. Do you have Longhorn pajamas? Of course. I, I have. Of course I have Longhorn pajamas. I have a Santa hat, right? Yeah. The Santa Christmas hat. And I have lots of different, like, um, you know, pajama pants and, and the house shoes. That's fair. That would be cute. You know what I really want? What? Okay, so my very favorite PJs. Oh, thank you for doing that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Uh, my very favorite PJs that I have are my Bucky's onesie because I'm mm -hmm. a child. Oh, at yeah. Heart. We all know that. Mm -hmm. I've actually worn that tailgating. It's a lot of fun. I want Texas to do a onesie like that, but with the hook'em. Like the little horns and the little hook'em head that you have. Don't they have something like that? Like they have hats, but they don't have the full on. Like, I'm talking onesie. I want the full thing. Hook'em mm. in all his glory, but in a onesie because I would always wear that all the time. It would be delightful. All right. So. Speaking of hats, big 12 <laughs> championship hat, but can't find one. Um, fanatics or university co-op co is putting fanatic. out gear now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if I see something, we'll share it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely got to have a hat. And Hey guys, we appreciate you. CB. Thanks for being here. Richard, you guys are always running in. We love that. Dougie B's here. Uh, it's good to see everybody. We appreciate y'all. So again, thanks for working with our earlier technical difficulties and We're, dogs running everywhere. Yeah. And also, if you notice the new addition to our background um, is the table here. We move the things over classy until kickoff. But also uh, we put up the sugar bowl beads from it. the last sugar bowl. And we'll talk about that when, when mm -hmm. we get to it. But if you notice, we have the Texas Longhorns sugar bowl beads. I love that it. Was from, that was from like, yeah, it's a good time. You, did you go to the, the last year? Well, yeah, you were there. Yeah, we were there. I had my sombrero, my lucky sombrero. Nice. And you know what? Yeah. yeah. Got to keep that. That rolling. was my, yeah, I wore the lucky sombrero. I went with, it was Richard, me, my sister and her husband. Yeah. And we had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good time. Yeah. We'll definitely get to the Sugar Bowl talk again. Thank you all for being here. Uh, keep in mind, we've got some awesome interview. We have an awesome interview with uh, Hayden Connor coming up. We're going to drop in some clips. We do talk about the Sugar Bowl there. We talk about the Big 12 championship game so yeah looking forward to and that the, the culture how they built the culture mm -hmm. this uh, that's come to this their feelings about being selected to the playoffs um the feeling fun. yeah we had fun. we talked about a lot Hayden's, we're gonna share it a lot of fun he's a he's a cool dude so, yeah um yeah so let's let's talk a little bit about some of the stories going around you know of course we gotta lead off with our dude t sweat right Got to lead off with him. Uh, All-American, again, we have a, a loaded roster. We know that. You know, there's a lot of debates going on right. between who's QBU, who's, you know, WRU. Texas, RBU, no question. But, RBU. But, man, our defense has been showing up. And it, it shows in the All-Americans that we're announced. Again, right. so first team, we've got T-Sweat. We've got Worthy. Uh, second, we got Murphy on there. And JT Sanders, too, had a, had a second team appearance. So Yeah, so Worthy made it actually as a special teams mm -hmm. returner. So he was leading the nation with 358 punt, punt return yards. So that's why he got on, not mm -hmm. as a wide receiver, but as a punt returner. So we went from earlier in the season, like, oh, they, they, the they're going with Worthy. Yeah. And what? He's only the best in the nation. Yeah, you know, minor detail. All-American, all <laughs> which is huge because – um, you think about it, the return game and the 
all the craziness of what happens didn't and those kickoff returns there's just it's it's a risky thing to do it is. and they've made it one of the most important um one of the most important aspects of being on the team is you contribute on special teams so mm-hmm. when you have leaders who step up and and know how important those you know position yards are on special teams they get rewarded for stuff like mm-hmm. an all american on special teams. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's amazing. And of course, Devondre Sweat, best interior deep lineman in the country. Absolutely. Well, and did you see uh, Murphy's comments? I didn't see the comments. Yeah, so he, I mean, he was announced second team. Right. He said, that's all right. It just makes me work harder. Like, oh, he, I love he it. He took it almost as an insult. Like, it wasn't uh-huh. good enough to be second team. Wow. Like, he, he's fighting more. So, I, I don't hate it. Listen, this team thrives on, on that little chip on their shoulder and mm-hmm. that little bit of perceived disrespect right which and again man i love it that we are in a position that we can have a player make second team all american and say and perceive that like no that that was not not good enough i'm better than that so i love that times are good again on the 40 yes um so jt sanders jatavian sanders tight end second team so i i think that is pretty impressive and that shows develop right huge development but also he came out of high school as a you know, highly recruited five star and he've had offers everywhere and he could have gone other places and maybe even played, probably played right away, but he was willing to sit out that um, red shirt year mm-hmm. and develop and learn the position mm-hmm. and really hone in on how to be a tight end and a tight end in a complex system. And he's used for blocking. He's used in the run game. He's used in the pass game. Like he's mm-hmm. used everywhere. And the NFL is going to love him. Absolutely. And even, even even this year, he's had to fight through a lot of injury and play. You can see he balls out and then he kind of steps away. And then he balls. But he's you can tell he's in pain and playing through something. And he's amazing. And I'm glad he's being rewarded with All-American um, honors. Absolutely. And, and that just reiterates it's nice to have that, that break. Like I know, and again, we talk about this a, a little bit later, but Having that, as us as fans, we're impatient as heck, right? We've we got to wait 28 <laughs> days to watch Longhorns again. I don't, oh, what are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I mean, know what you're going to do. All the bowl games. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about those. That's fair. <laughs> but, but it does give our guys a chance to recover. You know, we, uh-huh. we've noticed that Sanders had had some injuries. We saw Worthy, uh, you know, kind of roll his ankle a little bit um, towards the end of the Big 12 oh, championship yeah. game. But while well, he was in a boot and crutches, he was, but then jumping up and down when they videoed them on Sunday, <laughs> Still feeling it, right. so hopefully, hopefully well, he's okay. And yeah. well, reports on that are the boot is off. Oh, crutches good. are gone. So. so probably precautionary, if anything, yeah, until, def- they, until they could get the full x-ray. Right. Definitely good news there. Um, and again, our guys will, you know, Quinn too. We've talked about that. Give that shoulder a little bit of time. Everyone to, needs to, time. to rest and, mm-hmm. and recoup. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot to look forward to. I am not the most patient person in the world, so I'm probably going to be a pretty fussy little, you know what, by the time we get to the Sugar Bowl. But there will be lots of good games, though. Absolutely. At I least mean, not, and good games on the 40, too. Like, there's oh, you know, basketball's in full basketball effect. Basketball is in full effect. Fun to watch. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot good going on. We've also got – there's some coaching news, a little, little bit of change up that um, that yeah. we've got uh yeah you want to talk Co- about it oh coach choke going yeah. to nevada so i think it's it's pretty exciting when you have a staff that is sought after mm-hmm. and so knowledgeable i mean he's been a head coach before but when when the country sees what he's doing and they want your people mm-hmm. that's that's a huge compliment that not only is sark d- developing the players but th- getting the coaches an opportunity to lead and show that they're 
you know, worthy of another good big spot. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. I'm congratulations, Coach Choate. I think we missed, and it'll be yeah. exciting to see what new linebackers coach they bring in. Yeah, but that's yeah. I mean, and let's talk about that. I mean, Stark has done a great job with this staff. They're they're. We've now seen what is the third or fourth coach that has been hired to a, uh, a, a higher job yeah, um, from their an position. Upgrade, right. So it it's definitely that speaks volumes for, mm -hmm. for Sark's ability, not only to develop players, but also to identify talent mm -hmm. in the coaching world, right. develop them a little bit and make them hot commodities in the coaching world. So that's really great to see. Um, and more good news from that is, you know, he has come out and said, you know, Coach Choate's going to be with us for the Sugar Bowl, for the playoff run, the, right. however long right. that lasts, which is nice. So he's, you know, he's at Nevada right now for the, these first two weeks. Um, and then once workouts start up again He'll be back. Um, and the prep, he's coming back. So I think that was a really cool way to handle it and to be upfront, not only with his players, but say, hey, man, I'm, I'm sticking with you all for the rest of the season. I'm dedicated to you all. We're finishing this season out. We're finishing it strong. Mm -hmm. And then also have that commitment. Uh, over to Nevada. So that that's exciting times. Um, and, you know, it'll help Nevada recruiting too. seeing a, a coach that is coaching in a CFP, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully two CFP games. So yeah, it's, it's great times, man. So, uh, and more coaching news. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I know. We, I was waiting to get to this because uh, your reaction has been Kansas State, delightful. Kansas State's offensive coordinator, Klein, right? He's going to be the OC at the, with the Aggies. And I think eventually in the long term, or maybe even just a few years ago, this would have been a really great fit. But I think there's going to be some adjustment time because we, he has it. Well, you're not going to beat Texas with Klein's offense because it hasn't worked in the last <laughs> few years with him, with him running it, calling it. Um, but I, I will also say the way the Aggies have struggled with healthy quarterbacks, mm -hmm. you know, and going to their third quarterback this year and Klein's style of, the quarterback is sometimes their leading rusher, often their leading rusher, mm -hmm. often their goal line guy. Like, I just, I don't know if that's going to be a fit right away to go beat up on your quarterback when you struggle to keep healthy quarterbacks. What do you think? Uh, look, I, I think it's, I, honestly, I do think it's a good fit for AM. And where I can see, I'm, I'm going to give AM a little bit of praise here. So mm -hmm. brace yourself. Oh, that's fine. I think where AM has kind of made missteps in the past is, they they have a different perception of themselves than a lot of other people around the country maybe do, right? Like mm -hmm. I've, I've made this argument, A&M has all the potential and has all the pieces to be a top tier job. It really does. There's a lot. Now, there's some few big hangups that can present some problems, but I think where A&M has made some missteps in the past has been they go for a splashy hire, a big name hire, mm -hmm. even if it's not, maybe it's a good fit, but maybe not the best choice or Maybe they go for the name versus the, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you can't not address the Jimbo elephant in the room. That was, I mean, it's a splashy big name. Right. They offered him ungodly amounts of money and the rest of the, the college football world was kind of going, what are y'all doing? This is, you know, maybe the games passed Jimbo by a little bit. He didn't exactly leave FSU in the best of positions. Um, so I, I will acknowledge, like, I think the Elko hire is a really smart mm -hmm. hire for A&M. Maybe not the splashiest thing, but he's got ties here in Texas. He's right. got that's a good fit for them culture wise they as need well. A football coach, right? Right. Yes. And and again, I think Klein is falling along in that. So I see a little bit of growth with A and M, even though their administration has made some pretty big faux pas. The Stoops announcement was pretty hilarious. How that all played out. 
Um, but but ultimately, this to me feels like a small shift in thinking that's going to go a long way for AM. Mm -hmm. Hiring the right guy, even if it's not a huge name or something everybody's going to identify, right? Right. Now, the flip side of that coin. You're not going to beat Texas with that offense. <laughs> it, it, look, and I, you got to love Robert, Robert Barron's. He's one of my favorite Aggie followers. Uh -huh. He said, you know, if anything, this should prove that we are not solely focused on beating Texas. Oh, there you go. When the, the hire was there. <laughs> I had to give him props for that. Look, I, it, it is, again, I think this is a good fit. It's a smart fit for AM, maybe for where they want to go. Mm -hmm. Where they're at right now, I don't know. That's It's going to be really interesting to see how Klein's offense fits in the SEC. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see how that fits uh, with their current, who knows how many players they will have left by the time we get to the bowl or to next year, or even, um, transfer portal has been going bananas, but, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I, I, I like it on the surface for AM, mm -hmm. but as a Longhorn fan, I'm also kind of like, yes, yes, yes. Roll, try that to run up the good. middle with a quarterback. That right. sounds like a great idea. Right. Um, my, my thought too, for, um, Klein was, I wonder how, and at Kansas State, especially with Texas and mm -hmm. OU leaving, and they've been Big 12 champions with Texas and Oklahoma in the way. Mm -hmm. So, and with the, they're got a little bit more national prestige lately. They brought in a couple of really good recruits. So I'm wondering, like, that would be a good opportunity to go be the big fish now, right? Mm -hmm. And, but he's taking on the challenge of going into AM and they have talent at AM. Mm -hmm. And I don't, we'll see what, how he can make it fit to his style of play. But I wonder, like, he's, he's really going to go take on the challenge of going into the SEC and he's going to have to change up what he does because that's not sustainable running your quarterbacks into SEC D lines. It's just, it's not a sustainable thing. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll it'll, see what it'll, he does. it'll definitely be interesting to see how that plays out. I, again, I, Overall, I would say that's a smart hire for AM, mm -hmm. but there are definitely some questions that um that we're gonna have to address. They're gonna have to address as they get on into the season. So um we mentioned a little bit earlier transfer portal. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a lot going on. Again, listen, I'll be the first to say we your team, whoever you cheer for, your rival is always going to say, oh, look at these transfers. Oh, the culture's falling apart. What a toxic locker room. It doesn't yeah. matter. This year, we have seen a record number of players hitting the portal. I think we are over 3,000 players in the portal. Is that just FBS too, right? Because there's mm -hmm. all the other levels too. Right. I mean, it is an insane amount of, of players. But after I just finished saying, of course, people are going to talk trash and it doesn't necessarily mean anything when mm -hmm. you have guys hit the portal. Let's talk about A&M for a minute. Okay. We are starting to see some attrition there. Now, just because a player hits the portal doesn't mean it's trouble in paradise, right? Oh, of course. There's it, lots of reasons. It, lots of reasons. Makes a lot of sense for a lot of players. That being said, there are some big questions with A&M with this new hire. Jimbo's gone, right? And so um, seeing those players making a choice to say, oh, goodness, maybe this isn't where I want to be. Maybe this isn't the coach that fits right. Or they may not have a position coach right now. And they may not, them. right. And there may be questions. And they there's a small window that they can hit the portal right. and officially be in. So, But it seems like we have seen a lot of big that, – that 22 class that was the record-breaking class for A&M, one of the best classes ever mm -hmm. in, in, any, in all of in football. All of football. Right. 
that's pretty broken up now. That's, uh, you know, and there's some key players that are leaving. What are your thoughts on it when you saw that? I think it, there's a lot of big schools, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of schools right now that are have four and five stars mm-hmm. just hitting the portal. And like we said, it can be for a lot of reasons. Some kids may want to get closer to home. Some mm-hmm. kids may have coaching changes. And I say kids, young men, they may be, you know, the, the new coaching style doesn't fit their, you know, ability, you know, their style of play, or they've been recruited over and right. they can go play somewhere else. And that's what most of them want to do is, is play. Right. So, or, you know, some are like, you know, Sark has said, and we'll hear from Hayden Connor in a bit. Some leave if they're not a culture fit, mm-hmm. if, if it's not working, you don't know until you actually get to a place. Lots of students who aren't athletes change schools all the time, sure. hop around and transfer schools all the time. And it's not national media news that the whole country's following. Right. So there's many reasons. It could be academic reasons why they want to try a different school. Mm-hmm. So it, we, we don't know, but the, now when coaches can come and go with no, and go right. take on bigger, better jobs and bigger grass, greener grass opportunities, th- the same should be available for the athletes. I just worry that there's a lot of them going in there and, what if they don't have a place to be and yeah. then spring semester starts and they're not enrolled in school? Look, the grass isn't always green. Right. Right. And, and yeah, I think it makes sense. I am all for the portal being there and allowing whomever wants to get in the portal to be able to transfer. Now, what I hope is that schools have resources to advise the kids and I'm going to call them kids. Cause at this point they are right. They're college kids. I hope schools have resources like Texas does. I hope their coaches are having honest conversations with them like Texas does mm-hmm. about playing time, about what their best options are. Is this a, you're a great fit, but just be patient and fit in that, right? Wait, wait your turn. Wait your turn. Uh, I hope that that's a conversation that's had. Now, we've seen Sark. Um, he was really, really emphatic about this at the beginning of the season, talking about if a player at Texas wants to hit the portal, Cool. That's it. They're done. Bye. Yeah. As soon as they announce that they're in the portal, they can't come back. Now he has eased up a little bit on that for Texas's particular situation this year. Um, And and I respect that. I appreciate his stance on it Mm -hmm. because again, it's about the culture. If you don't feel right at Texas and you feel the need to leave, then you're not the right culture fit necessarily. Right. Yeah. So I like mm -hmm. that mentality. Um, But given that Texas is, in the college football playoffs, he's now allowing that we because we've had three players announced so far. I think it's up to four up to now. Four? Okay, there was just another one in the last hour. Got two. it. Okay, so those players they have been a part of building this team, right? Mm-hmm. And he wants to give them the opportunity to play where they're going to get more time. Maybe that right. there's a little bit of that going on. Um, but he's not taking away the opportunity from them to play in a college football playoff game. He's, I think what he's doing, and I, I really like this is a player is going to be more highly sought after if they have that experience. Right. Right. So I like that. He's not taking that away at this point because the games are done, you know, mm-hmm. before bef- the, the portal closes before Texas plays their games. Right. So it gives them that opportunity. They, they have the ability to make the decision um, and, and go forward there. So I like that. I thought that was a good, adjustment on his part yeah i i agree there's a lot of the if if the they're still fitting in with the culture mm-hmm. and they're still working hard and doing the right, right. things right that was a caveat yeah that, was that a they're going to be rewarded for you know let them stay with the team finish this the right spray paint yeah let them 
I think that that, yeah, you can use this. Yep, I got it. Okay. Sometimes the grass is spray painted. Yeah, I like that, Stephen. That's a great it's, comment. It's sometimes actually, grass isn't always greener. Sometimes they just spray paint it. They put a lot of shine on, but once you get there, it may not be Especially what you when they're trying to sell you, you know, their program mm -hmm. or promise you, mm -hmm. promise them NIL things or promise them. Um, we've seen some students get not get what they were promised. Right. A lot of a lot of students have said that, that they didn't get what they were promised. So that, that unfortunately that happens, but I just, it, it, I love that they have the opportunity and like any other student, they should be able to put their name out and mm -hmm. go where they can go. I hope every kid gets a spot to land and it just doesn't happen that way. It doesn't, but there's, there's some, there's 3000 students in the portal. I mean, there's just, the, just the numbers on based on a numbers thing alone. Not everybody's going to have a place to land. Right. And maybe that's a little bit of harsh reality, right? Like mm -hmm. you hope they're getting the right advice. You hope they're getting the right guidance. Um, but that could end up being a tough life lesson to learn, you know, maybe, maybe having that patience or waiting a little right. longer, you know, again, we hope everybody lands where, <laughs> where it fits well for them, but you're right. Reality is that doesn't always happen. So All be right. careful, careful what you wish for. Really so, quickly. Heisman. Yeah. Who, yeah. who wins it? Oh, do I care? I think I that's don't. more the bigger question. I, I Does anybody care right now? I don't know, man. Like The I, only reason I care is because Texas is about to face probably the winner. Yeah. And Penix. Like, that's... That's fair. You think Penix is getting it? I would I would think he has the best chance of winning yeah, it. I'd agree with that. Unless, well, again, they make the announcement before these games are played, but... Um, that's... I, I Yeah, I think te Texas will end up facing the Heisman winner, and... Is that that's a little extra motivation? Lately, lately been a little bit of a curse, right? Like, like who wins the Heisman? <laughs> right. All well, right. that being said, though, I mean, yeah, I, I think you're right, but I am curious, like folks in the in the comments, like who do y'all think's gonna win? And second follow up question: Does anybody care about the Heisman like they used to? You know, to me, this has become the popularity contest. It's not necessarily you did the best or the best quarterback, right? It's it is a quarter it, for all intents and purposes. It's a quarterback award at this point, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, we had that conversation about Sweat being in the running. That would have been we knew that this was he wasn't going <laughs> to get you know wasn't going to win the Heisman, but it would have been nice to to get the invite to even go right. But um, yeah, look, I, I'm curious. I personally do not care at all. Thank you. I, I'm in, Philip, I'm in your boat, man. I, I don't even know that I'm going to, I'm, I haven't watched the, the ceremony in forever. I, do you watch no, it? I don't need seven hours right. of commercials for everyone else. I, no, I don't, I haven't watched it. I'm, I will just see on Twitter. They'll say, who won it? Right. I, yeah. Now I'll tell you the second that a Longhorn's in the running, absolutely. Oh, I'm gonna greatest, watch. greatest award ever. Next I'll year, be there when Quinn Ewers is the favorite, <laughs> I will be watching. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I know. Like I, fickle as we are, but yeah, it it feels like, well, a like we're not invested in it lately. <laughs> and and you know, Texas hasn't had a finalist in a long in a minute. time. Yeah. So yeah. that might be why. Um, why it doesn't matter to us right now. I'm sure the Washington fans are all up in the Heisman voting right now. Sure. I'm sure they are as well. Well, all right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm sure we'll retweet it and and see what's going on. Uh, so before we jump in, we, we do We're, have Hayden Connor conversation is happening. Hayden coming up. We have uh, video. We, of our, of our we do have to give a quick shout out again. We're yeah. talking about bowl games coming up, all this stuff to do. If you don't know where to go, to watch a bowl game, you should call AV consultations. So it's, it, again, we've got that bowl seasons here. There's going to be a lot of really fun games. We're going to talk about that, how many like cool matchups we have. Um, obviously, Texas is going to be 
looking glorious. So why not get a wonderful big screen, set up your man cave, set up your she shed, you know, set up your sports den with AV consultation. So they've been in business since 1988 and can hook you up the way that they've hooked up thousands in central Texas. So whether it's a home theater, uh, looking for an outdoor setup, even again, we talked about the man cave, that sports den, whatever you guys need, AV consultations has you covered. So give them a call 512-255- Eight six seven eight, or check them out online at avconsultations.com. So get that, get that going. It'll be a nice little, uh, little setup. I wonder if they could set up in my camper, have some multiple setups. I need TVs like you do. Um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm the, sure they can do something. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Go up the walls, <laughs> right? The walls. Have them on the ceiling. That'd be delightful. So, All right. So <laughs> let's get it. to it. We have a lot of people watching. Make sure you like and subscribe. You can follow us. You can follow at TS Unfiltered on Twitter and all the places. So thanks for joining. We have Hayden Connor. So we had a wonderful interview and we couldn't, he couldn't join us live at three o'clock today. So we videoed our interview with him from yesterday mm-hmm. and we had so much good conversation. So where do you want to start? Let's start about... I th- how why he came to Texas? Yeah, I think let's jump in. You know, we 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 talked with him, and I thought this was cool to to see like what it meant to him to be a Texas Longhorn and why. So why he chose Texas, mm-hmm. and we'll start there. We know that you had a lot of different schools banging on your door, hoping that that you would commit. Um, what what brought you to Texas? What made you decide UT was the school for you? Academics was definitely a big thing for me. <clears throat> I knew what major I wanted to do since I was an eighth grader, which was aerospace engineering. And we can get into <laughs> that later. Um, minor thing. Oh, gee. <laughs> um, and I knew that Texas had a great engineering program. Uh, and so I was really interested in that early on. Um, and pretty much academics guided my whole recruiting process. Uh, it came down to here in uh, Michigan. So it was, it was, it was far away or it was in my backyard so i feel like i made a, a decent choice fabulous weather or freeze your butt off <laughs> Do you i like, like the cold, cold. i like the cold so I, okay. it's, it's kind of like yeah it's like you know but you're, you're your own space heater right to me yes. it's like the caribbean <laughs> or antarctica like to, to me that was that's what it feels like yeah well, we're glad you chose texas yeah rocky is a tropical people i i'm a tropical people <laughs> we're so glad you tro- you chose texas what went into you said like the academics but what about the school really separated them aside from the fabulous weather from from a school like michigan which is a respectable amazing program also i think it's just the tradition that texas has you know i i didn't i didn't know a lot of i didn't grow up a texas fan and so during the recruiting process i started to learn more about you know, Texas and it's, it's rich history and Michigan has history too, but I just don't, I don't, I don't think it's the same. And the, the fans here are, I would say a lot better than in Michigan, <laughs> um, <heard. laughs> but yeah. Uh, but the academics were always big for me, you know, getting to tour Michigan's facility and here it was, it was, it was really equal. It was just about, you know, the, the athletics was that cherry on top that was going to finish it off. So it was, it was a tough decision. I can imagine. I can. All right. That Love was that. good. So he chose Texas. He's, he's a smart kid, smart guy. He chose Texas for the academics. And, I, you know, a lot of people compare Texas and Michigan often. Mm-hmm. What what do you think is the difference? Like, why would you, if you had to choose between Michigan and Texas, why would you choose Texas? Well, 
my reasons would be a little different because I was born and raised here, right? Always been yeah. a Longhorn fan. But if you take that out of it, look, I, I mean, because you almost went to Miami, like away. I did, yeah. I, I was, I, and I almost went to Ohio State. I got oh. a scholarship offer at Ohio State and toured, I will tell you that, I toured the campus. It's a cool campus. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that I necessarily love everything around it, but uh, we were there. My dad and I went to Ohio State on, uh, it was actually St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Oh, that's a great day to be up there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Um, but we're in the quad, cool campus. Did you go streaking in the quad? No, I did not go streaking. <laughs> not with my dad. No, I absolutely did not. Um, but yeah, we're there and I look up in the sky and a single snowflake dropped on my nose Aww. and I immediately looked at my dad and I said it's, it's snowing in March I'm not going March here. is so pretty early. it doesn't matter it was snowing okay. in March I'm out so that, that for me that that definitely factored in um and I like the cold right but snowing mm -hmm. in March hard pass I'm out on that so um yeah I mean I think it's really cool they are both blue bloods right right you know Michigan's had some recent success but that was another program that it took Harbaugh a minute to turn it around you know they suffered through some pretty tough years as well. Um, I think it was, I think those are, it is fair to say that Michigan and Texas are similar schools and be neck and neck. So the academics factoring into that, and again, Michigan's a, a top academic school as well. Right. The academics factoring into that, I, I think is really important. I think our fans forget that sometimes, you know, like our players are smart. Not only are they badasses, but there's a, a certain level that you have to hit to be accepted to the University of Texas. Right. So, you know, we're, we're not just putting just any old dum-dum out there. So, <laughs> no, it's, it, I think that was really cool to hear. Well, in our conversation, we were talking about, you know, coming to Texas and what, when you, when you have options to, of other schools, why would you choose to come to one that's struggling? Sure. Right. Cause at the time, you know, we'll talk about it. That Texas wasn't on the top. Like when you have mm -hmm. offers from programs that are building and already producing, why would, why would you choose to come rebuild mm -hmm. at Texas? And here, here was his answer. If I remember correctly, I got on campus in January and we still didn't know who the online coach was going to be. Like it was a couple, it was only a couple of weeks later that we found out that coach flood was going to join the staff. Um, at the time, yeah, I was scared. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, like now I'm going to play for guys that didn't recruit me at other schools. Um, and so it was, it was a weird process, but I knew that, you know, I was committing to a coach, but I was committing more to the school itself. And that, that was, that was always in the back of my head. Like I'm, I'm coming here to change, change the culture, change the program. Um, and I, feel like that was pretty successful absolutely absolutely yeah I like I like that you say that because Texas has been um on the struggle bus for a few years before you so when you say you you're one of the people that wanted to come in and change it why why take that on when you can go to a school that's already winning why take on being one that has that does puts in the work to change it or, or bring it back to to where you guys are right now I wanted to be special. I wanted to be a part of something that wasn't that had been a dynasty in the past that was that had been really good and was kind of in this rough stage. And I, I wanted to be a part of that, that that program, that movement and that change for for an entire city. That's incredible, man. Like. Go ahead. That's cool. I Again, I, I said it on in our interview. I do think that's incredible. That's something that. I don't know that a lot of, of players want to necessarily, I, again, he was highly recruited. This isn't a, right. a kid that had Top one, 50 one or yeah, this isn't a kid that had one or two offers. I mean, he was being recruited from eighth grade. 
uh, he had multiple offers at multiple schools. And for him to make the choice and say, look, I want to come to a school that that I know it you know, was once great and can be great again. Right. That that's that's huge. Like that's a really cool feeling. And you know, as a Texas fan, you got to outside looking in, you've got to respect the hell out of that because that's not an easy that's not an easy fix. That's not an easy path. Right. You know, a lot of players well within their rights could say, "Look, man, I I want to go to a place where I know I can fit in and immediately be in contention for, you know, national championships or conference championships." And Hayden signed on knowing that, that that it was a rebuild. There was going to be a fight. And and I think to me that speaks volumes about who he is as a player. Right. And and who our team is made up of, the kind of players with the kind of guts and grit that they have um mm-hmm. to, to stick through and and actively choose that, right? Like I think that's a really that speaks volumes. Especially too when they are highly recruited. They're in the same, you know, select teams or travel, you know, they know this other high recruits and they go to the same selection games and they get razzed and teased. The families, you know, get razzed and teased about why are you going to that five and seven team or whatever. And they know they hear it. You know, we've had friends talk about they hear it when their son picks a school that isn't, you know, at the time, you know, one of the top of the country when they have the opportunity. So it really takes resolve and commitment to be one of the people to to step up and and be willing to help be one of the people that makes that change. Right. Yeah. And look, we had a great comment. You're right. His family is super close with with Milrow. They grew up together. Um, they still talk a lot. The families do as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there was definitely a push to to come to other schools and, you know, play with guys that he knew for a long time, uh, you know, in Alabama at, with Milrow. So, yeah, there was there was a big choice there. You know, we've talked about this, too. When we were in Alabama, this actually came up. Um, with Justice Finkley's family, right? Um, you know, we know that the the families didn't necessarily get treated super well uh, <laughs> at Alabama by the fans. No. Um, and one of the things we talked about, you know, we've had April Finkley, Dr. April Finkley, on the show. She's talked about, you know, they live in the heart of it. They're in Trustville, which is just outside of Birmingham, right? right? So they're a hop and a skip away. Everything's Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Yes. There. And when Justice made that choice to come to Texas, I mean, they they got some vitriol from it. It was, y'all are traitors. What are you doing? You know, this kind of hard push, but they too, they were, they were another part of that crew that saw the potential, saw the shine. They believed in the vision, believed in the vision and made the choice to put in that hard work. And again, academics with the Finkley's played a huge factor in that. So I, I, I think that's a really special thing. And I don't want, I don't want our fans to overlook how, key that is and what kind of character it takes to make that kind of leap. That's crazy to me. Well, Sark has been thanking this group since, you know, especially over the last few weeks, but since, you know, talking about culture and all the things, Sark has Mm -hmm. been thanking this group of leadership and seniors, the Mm -hmm. the players who didn't sign up to be coached by Sark or, you know, all the different position coaches or like Hayden mentioned that maybe they were weren't recruited by this staff or, mm-hmm. you know, they were heavily recruited by a different right, staff. Hayden was, was recruited by hand, by, right, coach, hand. by coach hand. Mm-hmm. And so they, they signed, they didn't sign on to this staff, but they did know at the time that Texas was, you know, struggling and that they would be part of the rebuild. But Sark thanks that group. He mm-hmm. names them all the ones who've been there, you know, the whole three years with him. 
and how much he needed them to be the leaders. And now that they're instilling the culture and yeah, let's get into that, the culture, because you had asked him some great questions about what is it like to come in and have to rebuild, not just winning on the field, but a new culture. And we hear, we hear the word all the time, but let's see what that meant to Hayden. Everything about you is, is pretty phenomenal, man. So uh, yeah. I, yeah, I love that. So, um, at, you know, we talked about culture is something that word has come up quite a bit. You know, you mentioned it just now with the rebuilding. Um, we've heard coach Sark talk about it a lot. We've heard about all the coaches. It is a word that is floating around in the year 2023, quite a bit with the Texas program, but we know that didn't start this year. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about that process, what it's been like starting from where we were three years ago when you were at Texas, when you came to Texas yeah. to where the program is today and, and building that culture? What were some of the key um, moments, I think, for you and, and some of the, the small changes that you saw? Yeah, it was not easy. I remember, I remember when I got here, uh, the, the culture was kind of weird. It was, uh, I feel like the culture when I first got here was a little bit selfish in terms of player to player interaction. Um, I, I would say that I was close with just the guys that I came in with for a semester or two, which I feel like is a little too long if we're trying to go win a natty together. (laughs) Um, so it was, it was difficult. You know, the coaches, the coaches had to come in and tell us like, Hey, like if y'all want to be great, y'all have to be player led, like the culture has to get better. And so they helped us with some culture stuff during the summers. Like we would do culture Wednesdays where we would meet separate into groups and really just talk about our lives. And I actually really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun getting to learn more about players that really, I don't get to talk to a lot like the DBs and stuff. Like I've, I can say that I'm friends with a lot of them, which is surprising. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's, it hasn't, it hasn't been easy, but you know, when, when Sark came in and was like, we're going to be the best team in the country, but we got to be player led first. We all bought in. And of course, some people had to go and some people came in and that's just the way that it had to work out. Cause I, I true, I can truly say that everyone on the team loves each other. Oh, I love that. I just want to play that clip over and over. It makes my soul happy. Like that they love each other. Yeah. You know, we had a, a comment earlier. It looks like I was going to tear up. I, I will like I'm emotional about this, man. Like it it has been a minute. You know, we've we've been around this program for a long time and we've been very fortunate to know people pretty deep in the program for a while. And having that kind of commentary, I, I mean, I can tell you all this and I'm sure everybody knows it. We saw how things played out. That love for one another wasn't always there. Right. You know, we had a coach that talked about it. You know, I I think Charlie Strong was about that idea, but he was fighting so many other things. He could never really quite turn that corner. Right. right? The, The players loved him. No question. Tom Herman comes in and he's talking about kissing players and all this kind of stuff. We got to love each other and all that. But, but the actions were very different. There was, and they never built it between themselves amongst themselves. Right. There was not, not fully worthy. You could say every player loves each other. Right. We, we can say this now looking back and now that we've got some distance and it doesn't hurt as much to say, (laughs) it hurts. but the truth was there was a big divide under the Tom Herman locker room there just was Mm -hmm. and the way I mean he talked about yeah we wouldn't call kickers by their name right he wouldn't I mean there was the the fancy breakfast versus the The hot soggy eggs right like I that kind of stuff that in theory 
yeah. it, it, if you're winning, okay, fine. Maybe it creates a little bit of competition, competition, whatever, but they weren't winning. And what that ended up doing was creating a really big divide in the locker room between the guys where there wasn't a reason to play for each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and as such, I think that kind of manifested in a way where, well, if we're not playing for each other, I'm not going to play for the school. I'm not playing for Texas. I'm playing for myself. Cause that's, that's all I can get out of this. So to see that shift from right. where we were then to now, and, and yeah, hearing Hayden say, we truly love each other, man, that, that got me a right in the feels. <laughs> I, I, I was emotional about that for sure. Yeah. Especially when he talked about some players had to go. And you know, when we talked about the transfer portal a few minutes ago, not every place is someone's home. And if they can go find their home, that's great. But sometimes you just just don't fit with what's building. And it may be the player or it may be the coach, but they just don't fit. And some people, you know, you have to trim the fat. And if they're not all in, they're, then they're dragging, dragging the rest of them down that are trying to get the work done. So that was that was really nice that, you know, they the culture Wednesdays, the things they did to learn about each other. And we I had nothing to do with football, right? Nothing Just who are you as a human? Tell mm -hmm. us your story. And we saw a couple Mondays ago, the player player availability. I always have to say that slowly. The player availability, the media, they talked about, they would write letters to, you know, themselves and then have like what their goals were. And then they would give it to another player. And that was their accountability partner. And their accountability partner was going to check in with them and keep help keep them in line. Or they would sit in the circle and tell their stories. And you see, you know, Michael, Michael Taft, one of my favorite players here from Westlake, some people, you, you would see him like, oh, he probably has it easy. No, he had two of his best friends die within weeks of each other, yeah. two of his closest best friends. And when you carry that, and we saw how he honored um, Ellinger, Jake Ellinger at the game this weekend, you, you realize that you can't judge a book by its cover, right? People have stories and they all are coming from something. And when you look, when they, when they take the time and get in the small groups and learn about each other, Hayden Connor saying he has good friends with the DBs when they're the most opposite of positions, right? But here they are knowing about each other and caring about each other and loving each other. And that makes them now they're, they're they have bonded and, that culture, you, you just can't, you can't fake it, right? You right. can't, like Sark said, you can't, it's not a t-shirt you wear, culture. Yeah. It takes time and yeah. it took them, we're just, it's three years now and it, it takes time. It does. Absolutely. Well, one of those things too, I mean, it, look, we, we talk about it ad nauseum. We talk about culture and like you just said, it's not about what's on the shirt. It, it trust falls. <laughs> don't build culture. That's not team building, right? Trust falls. But being truly open and honest with each other in a way that maybe some of these guys hadn't hadn't had to do before, hadn't had that opportunity before. Um, I think that's a really cool thing. And and this is stuff that they can take beyond, like take football out of it completely. This is team building. This is how to be successful in life. Like these life lessons, you know, again, Sark talks about not just building the team, not just building the culture, not just making great football players, mm -hmm. but making excellent young men developing them into excellent young men and this is to me a, a huge key you're like you just said it's about life <laughs> there you go sarks giving them things that they can use for absolutely. life maybe look at the media availability and they tell you some of the things they did try it with your kids right? who knows have them get in a circle and come up with the things like whatever he's doing i i feel like that would work for any people that want to connect and get to know each other. Absolutely. Even if you live in the same house, sometimes you don't always siblings, you have your still they have their own lives. They don't really get to bond often. Mm -hmm. They don't get to bond all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty special. But we talked about too with Hayden 
this shift when, right. when the culture was building there had to be a turning point where when did when did the team say this we can't we can't go on this way you're in or you're out and what was that moment well and he again well leading up to that we okay we definitely had the conversation when he his first year texas was five and seven mm -hmm. uh, again he committed knowing that he was here to rebuild texas right not everybody on the team did and so we did we had that conversation with him what was the turning point? We we all saw it, I think. Looking back, again, it's right. easier to see, but that infamous Bo Davis rant on, on the bus, uh, he's actually got some pretty cool insight on that. Well, so. tell, tell them what happened on that, yeah. what happened in that bus rant. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows, but somebody might not know. Yeah, definitely. I That's something that if you guys missed it, I don't see how you're Texas fans if you missed it, but <laughs> um, it was after a pretty embarrassing loss up at Iowa State, mm -hmm. actually. And uh after the game, I was there at the game. I can attest to this. After the game, a lot of the guys were hopping, skipping off the field like it didn't affect him at all. They weren't pissed. They weren't mad. It, they're, and that pissed off the coaches. And and the video went viral of the Bo Davis rant on the defensive bus, actually, right. which is it's interesting that that Hayden was a part of that. You got to hear it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, let's 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 all right. hear it. So on what he Hayden's going to tell us what happened on the bus <laughs> a few years ago. The Iowa State game was a bit of a pivotal moment for this Texas team with the now infamous Bo Davis rant. Um, I understand you were uh, you you were able to witness that particular rant. Um, mm -hmm. Would you say that that was a a point that changed Texas's trajectory or mentality? How did that speech, that passionate speech from Bo Davis, affect the team and affect you? Well, I, I remember vividly because I was sitting right underneath where he slammed his hand. Um, <laughs> I was, I was, I was right there, and it was. Uh, you got the you know, I, I, Yeah, at the time I was a freshman. I was rotating in. I was still playing, but I didn't have, I would say, the voice I have now. And I feel like a lot of us were thinking the same, the same things that Coach Davis was saying. And you know, I, I do think that was a, a turning point for our culture and our team. Is like. Like, like the shit's real. Like we, we got to lock in. We got to start caring more. And a lot, a lot of the guys on that team transferred because they just, they just weren't buying in. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I completely agree that that was a big, a big part in our culture change for sure. That's good. Yeah. Again, you know, when, it, when that thing went viral, it was, a. I think my first reaction was like, oh man, I wish this wasn't a thing everybody was witnessing. Right. Like I wish that had been a, in the family kind of yeah. thing. But but on on the same note, I think if we're going to seek the silver lining, I think the fact that that went viral showed the fans, especially um, showed the people that like there is passion there. This this staff is serious. And, you know, like Bo Davis, said, this is real. This is real life. This is our living. And and I think that resonated with a lot of people that have been, you know, bleeding burn orange for a long time uh, and maybe seeing some of the same issues that you you mentioned and not really knowing what to do with those feelings. I think that video coming out mm -hmm. resonated with everyone. Um, so it, it's good to hear that that was something that was a key moment that that kind of turned. Um, flash forward now to this year's Iowa State game. I think that's probably, there's been a lot of bulletin board material over the uh, over this particular season. <laughs> I think you, you probably, that little grin probably tells me you know what I'm talking about. But I think uh, Iowa State was was one of the first ones that, you know, aside from your mark at the beginning of the season, Iowa State was the first one where a player just came outright in an interview. And I'm going to we're going to check their ego. What I would say was a little disrespectful. Can you 
you know, as part of that embrace the hate that we've talked about and, uh, you know, having that, that particular comment, um, did that fuel the team? Did that resonate? Did, you know, is that something that you'll focus in or was it just another, you know, kind of just another piece in the ether? Don't pay attention to it. We definitely took it a little personal. Um, but you know, as a, as a team, whenever people say stuff like that, like, especially for me personally, you know, I'm like, okay, I internalize it for a second and then I'm going to use it when I need it. And I feel like we played with a bit of a chip on our shoulder during that game um, when we played Iowa state. And, you know, I, I truly don't understand why people say stuff like that in the first place, because the only thing it does is gives us mo more motivation. So that they're lost, honestly. Right. Literally. I, I'm, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, you know, we, we saw it with uh, obviously the Texas tech thing, uh, the Yormark comments were circulating in the weight room. Yeah. I love oh, that. There you yeah. go. Oh, it was going to go on about the, the bulletin board material, but right. so let's talk about the rant and then how they've used, turned it around now to be fired up on the road, which we'll get to after the four o'clock happy hour. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, that rant, the, the Bo Davis thing, I thought that was cool to hear, you know, we see it from a fan perspective and then that was the change that, that really cleared out the locker room, really had the guys that wanted to be there stuck around. And I think we saw that again, going from five and seven, and then you have an eight win season. And now here we are, um, where we're at in 2023. It, it's pretty dang impressive. Um, and on that note, do we want to talk about where we're at in 2023? Just real quick as we jump into happy hour. Okay. I think we should. What do you mean? Where we are in 2023? <laughs> well, okay. So we went from five and seven. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. To Sugar Bowl bound in the playoffs. I think that's to be celebrated. That's a per that is to be celebrated. So we <laughs> thank you, Richard. <laughs> For happy hour today, we are celebrating. It is going to be champagne <laughs> because we're champions. <laughs> I don't know if you can. Oh, oh, off site. Oh, oh no, not over my... her computer. No, it's fine. Not over it's her fine. computer. It's fine. <laughs> there we go. Look at that. He is a consummate wow. professional. I love it. Appreciate and it. I, I don't think we can call it champagne because it's not French. Here, wow. let me, let's move yeah, it out of the way. Yeah, Here, move it over not over the computer. <laughs> we have enough technical issues. Right? I don't need to fry my computer in the process. We have enough technical issues without uh, frying all of it right now. Um, oh, that's great. Look at that Lots ahead. All right. Thank you. You can say that because you're his wife. Uh, so... <laughs> All right, we'll get this. Sorry, our, our, it's almost it. four o'clock. It's Richard's perfect timing. <laughs> oh, look at that. Four o'clock happy hour. Oh, look at that poor day. Dang. Dang. Good job. Right. Thanks. Appreciate, Appreciate it. All right. Yeah, I'll leave the bottle. So okay. we're gonna we're gonna leave the bottle. <laughs> uh, you gotta love it. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers to Cheers. Texas. Cheers to going from championship. Yeah. The Big we have 12 a championship. championship. We do. We have a Big 12 championship. Oh. A conference championship. I this fourth it. one in 27 years. That's that's not the best. I love it. All right. But mm. onward and upward. So only up from here, you know, he was talking about that, that moment, that Bo, da Bo Davis rant being that pivotal point for the team and changing out the personnel. Right. That's something that, you know, I think, you know, he also talked about when somebody says something like that, we talked about ISU, you know, right. Jerd came out and said, Hey, you know, this team isn't nothing. They they get all these five stars. They have all this money. Yeah, they do all this check stuff. Check your ego. Right. Yeah. Check your ego. That was something that, you know, Hayden was saying, oh, we we take that. We we embrace that. Coach Sark said at the beginning of the season, you know, when those those your mark comments came out, mm -hmm. they wanted to embrace the hate. 
and and we rock the shirts. I love that. The embrace the hate shirts. Um, it's no secret that everyone loves to hate Texas. I would argue that there We're are everyone's rival. They're right. Most team with the most perceived rivals. Um, I would argue that there are a lot of fan bases out there and a lot of schools out there that hate Texas more than they love themselves. Right. That's what the horns down is about. That's what all these comments are about. Right. Um, so we talked about that, the embracing the hate. We, we got into that with Hayden a little bit, and and I thought it was fun to hear but, his comments. Yeah, let's go. We asked him what it's like to be on the road and get that treatment. Here Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. It's game, right? What does it mean to you when, when they say embrace the hate? Uh, people only hate the great ones. They don't hate the, the average ones. So <laughs> that's that's kind of the way we think about it on the team, uh, and, and I love it. Like, I, I think every one of our games was sold out this year besides the Rice one, I think. Um, and, and that just shows, you know, when 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 you go into a different stadium and they haven't had a sold out game in however many years, and then it's sold out just for this Texas game, it's like oh they're not they're not coming to watch their team they're coming to watch us. Exactly. So, we 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 love that that stuff. Love it. That's phenomenal. And the Texas fans travel well. Do you, what's very your well, very so well far this year. Yeah, it's 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 been great. You know, every every time that we get done with a road game. I'm always surprised by how many Texas fans are there. Like, like at the Iowa game, I was like, "Holy crap!" There, there's there were so many people there that were that were rooting for us, and I'm like, "I love that. We we need we need more of that." So it was, uh, you know, we we always recognize it and we hear it too whenever we score, because um, you know the the best thing about road games is when it gets quiet, but <laughs> when you've got a good fan base, it, it you still hear a little noise after your success. Absolutely, absolutely. So. There you go. They hear you guys when you're when they're on the road. They're they love. They say loves when it's quiet because you've shut the crowd up on the road. Yeah, on the road. Yes, <laughs> but now they get just almost just as much as possible. Sometimes there's been more Texas fans than home mm -hmm. fans at some of these away games this year. I mean, especially and again, we were fortunate in the way that our season, our schedule lined up. You know, mm -hmm. Texas are our only true our only games outside of Texas were Alabama. And at Iowa State. Iowa State, right. Right. Uh, so I think that definitely helped out. But even beyond that, Texas fans travel. I mean, that is one thing. We show up in that burn orange. We're there. We're loud. We're proud. You were at the Baylor game. It you was, remember? It was more, it was more Texas. It was, it was a pretty good amount of Texas. And by halftime, it was more than, right. More Texas. Than yes, <laughs> absolutely. They were, they were pretty apathetic going into the game. I would say it felt like about, 33 like a third of the stadium was texas but you're absolutely right by halftime the baylor fans had completely left and it was basically a home game for texas right. they were texas fans were loud it was awesome so if you guys ever wonder you know it, it the guys hear that they mm -hmm. they see the the support they hear the support and it fuels it i mean that's a big that's a key part so Good job, y'all. If y'all been to a game, if you you know home or away, yeah, Texas, you know, that, good job. Megan goes to all the games, <laughs> so she can tell you there, there's a pretty good representation. Yeah, absolutely, and they see it and they they enjoy it, they appreciate it, obviously. Um, so when we also talked about going on the road, mm -hmm. and one of the biggest road game of the year, of course, was Alabama, and we talked about what was it like going into that atmosphere when people weren't giving you a chance or, Oh, nobody, nobody wins it in Bama. And when we were at that game, we had people and the Bama fans should be proud They They've held, you know, defended home territory for a long time. Mm -hmm. And like Sark said over and over in his, 
you know, promoting their best win, the best win in college football of the year is going to Alabama when no one had won there in 50 something games. Right. So we, we talked about it. What was it like going into Alabama and getting that win, preparing for it? And then what did that do for the season? Like, how did that affect their mentality for the rest of the season? And this, this is what, um, this is what he said. It has, uh, it has. Well, what are, let's, you- let's start with like Bama, right? Going into Alabama and no one's won there in years and years and 50 something games of Bama defending home territory and this and that. And then Texas goes in and manhandles them on the lines. What what like going in, people doubted Texas had that kind of physicality or that they were going to be able to, you know, scheme up against Saban's defensive mind. Um, But you guys pulled it off. What was the what was it like going into that game? And then when the clock you know, hit zero and you guys have a W. Yeah, one thing we kind of pride ourselves on is that we don't treat one game different than another. Like our preparation for the Rice game was the exact same was for Bama, which and it was the exact same for the Big 12 championship game. So the preparation didn't change. It was just our mentality on game day. We had oh. to be taking the comments a little more personal, which, you know, it was it was a personality and grit game and we and we needed to show it because we knew what we were capable of. And, you know, that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season in terms of our our standard as an O-line. And, you know, we weren't perfect, but I feel like we lived up to it the majority of the time for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's. That was amazing. It set the tone for the rest of the year to go and be to know you can go into you know, back to back to back, but whatever, SEC champion, mm-hmm. um, national champion, and with, you know, five stars across the line and just out physical them, mm-hmm. especially when they finish the last seven ish minutes with the ball in their yeah. hand, running it when they knew they were going to run it, running at will. It, with- it, I mean, they, Texas was in that game and just imposed their will, and there was nothing that Bama do about it right and as much as people want to say well that win wasn't that great because well Milro wasn't himself yet I'm sorry Milro wasn't the d-line that was stopping the run for seven minutes that couldn't stop the run it's the same defense they have now like Texas just was the better team that day and if if they get to play again you know on January 8th we'll see you know they'll get another shot it's hard to beat a team twice but I feel like Texas has Texas is there's something special happening right now. I would agree with that. And and look, y'all, we we appreciate y'all being with us. And we we hope you're enjoying these clips as much as we enjoyed interviewing right. them and talking with them. Keep in mind, too, we will have the full interview uh, posted on our podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. And then additionally, we are going uh, Texas Sports Unfiltered will post the full video interview as well. Almost so, the full video. Yeah. There's yeah, a couple little things we're going to set aside. It's Yeah. So again, we appreciate it. The and, full video. And love it. But yeah, I mean, that's something that we we talked about with them is just how it feels to go in and mm-hmm. play these games. And again, where Texas is at, like, let's have that conversation. We are ahead of schedule. The be- At the beginning of this year, you know, Sark came in again, we've talked about five and seven and then the eight wins. And now the goal this year was to win the big 12 championship. Right. Right. And Texas did that with flying colors and, and the team was excited. Now we're setting new goals. And, and, and we talked about that a little bit with Hayden. What did it feel like to, to win that big 12 championship and, and achieve the goal and then be a little bit ahead of schedule. 
All right. So let's, yeah, let's play that, this favorite moment, right, of the Big 12 mm -hmm. Championship. And also a moment that we thought was pretty special for all the fans at mm -hmm. the Big 12 Championship. Yep. I say Sugar Bowl, Sugar Bowl chat. Oh, my favorite part of the game. Um, seeing T-Sweat's goal was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> we, we had been uh, practicing that play for about four weeks. Um, wow. And it was in the game plan every week, but we just never had a chance to run it. And so the first time in four weeks that we get to that we get to run it is in the Big 12 championship game. So is it that, true that, that he was, dropped that was, it in practice the day before the walkthrough? Did he drop it? They said that he dropped it in the walkthrough. He dropped it a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> but he caught it when it mattered. He caught it when it mattered. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. That Heisman, he dropped the Heisman pose. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there were a lot of fun moments in that game. Um, you know, I, it didn't hit me that we won um, until really when we got on the bus. You know, I'm like, holy crap! Like we, we actually just did that. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty special. But probably being in being in front of the stage where uh, Q and Sark were at, watching the confetti fall, that was that was probably uh, the, the best moment for sure. That's a very cool moment. I'll tell oh, go ahead. Oh, I'll tell you a moment that was really special for a lot of the fans was Jonathan Brooks coming out for the last play. Um, talk about that, like how how that came to be. I I heard he's having surgery today, mm -hmm. uh, right? So wish him the best, uh, quick recovery. Um, talk about that, like suiting up, putting off his surgery so he can come out with the team in that last play. Yeah, so on our on our Friday walkthroughs, we we kind of go through special situations in the game, and then at the very end, we go victory formation. And Coach Sark told told JB to get out on the field, and we were like, "My coach, he can, he can't play." And so he brought us all up after. I don't know if you remember and, this, but uh, hey, yeah, he he brought us up after, and um, he was like, "We're gonna finish the game in victory formation." And I'm telling the equipment staff to pack JB shit because he's going to be on the field. Wow! So it was it was it was pretty cool hearing that before you know we, we even left town. Um, that it was already planned ahead, and you know, you know, J, JB deserves it. He's he was the backbone of our offense for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was. Aww. I know. Here we go, tearing up again. Because <laughs> what a cool thing to hear. I mean, you know, we now know that that Sark had been planning that for for a minute. Yeah. Um, but again, I think this goes back to speaking to how the team really loves each other and that everybody was so excited. I love the comment of like Sark told the equipment crew, pack a shit up. Pack a shit. He's going to be wearing it when we, when just enough to be out on the field, yep, whatever, when we take that, that knee, that <laughs> victory when, formation. When they were practicing and like Brooks come out and they're like, coach, he can't play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this coach, but, uh, but he's, he's got a bum knee right now. <laughs> but yes, he did have surgery yesterday mm -hmm. and just sending all the recovery vibes to uh, Jonathan Brooks. Cause like Hayden said, he was a pivotal part of this offense and coming out of, well, we'll get to it in a minute. The Washington game last year, there was a lot of questions because, you know, Bijan and Rojo had gone on to the NFL and mm -hmm. what was going to happen with the run game. And in that game, it took a minute, but then they got going. And so there was going to be questions coming in this season. And all they've done is just be stellar in the run game. And when you have the, at the point, the leading, the nation's leading rusher go down with that kind of injury at TCU, it, it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And to see that the team is still 
embracing him, knowing he's a crucial part. And when they said, this is the part that he said, when we're in victory formation, that I, that I they just that. speak it to existence, right. right? We will be in victory formation mm -hmm. to end the game. Mm -hmm. And when we are, Brooks is coming out, you know, to, to take the snap. And then you see Manning behind him and they hug and then everybody comes out because not they're not only celebrating a championship, but they know what it means that any, right. any player could be in that position right. where they're unfortunately not able to finish the season with their team, but the team understands that and they love each other and they're out there supporting them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, that this, it all wraps up together, right? This is, it, it goes back to You're culture, welcome. building culture, getting the right players in that want to be there and understand the undertaking of rebuilding Texas and will being willing to put that work in. Right. And it comes full circle with moments like that. Again, Texas is stacked in a way at so many positions now in a way that we haven't been in a long time. And to your point, you, you see that when you have the nations, you know, that the lead for the Doak Walker award right. goes down with that kind of injury. And then it's next man up mentality. Right. But there's no selfishness there. The guys are ready for their time. They're, they're ready for their moment because they prep the same for every game they prep and they're they're playing for each other. They love each other. So having that next man up mentality, everything fits smooth. I, man, that just that felt like such a sh look at me. I'm like right now. I'm beaming about it. <laughs> this I, is an emotional day it for is, Megan. It was. It, it was a great. In, it was God, a great we, interview. It was, and we. But we've been as fans. Look, I, am I playing the game? No, but I've invested heavily, <laughs> my blood, sweat, tears, and freaking money, and and it. I love this team with all my whole soul. We, want, we, we want all them do, to right? Be great. We do, and and having gone through this past decade, like it, you could see the pieces. The foundation wasn't quite right. The God knows, Steve Patterson set us back. Mm -hmm. you, you know, just the journey it took to get here to be able to have these kind of conversations with the players that love Texas and mm -hmm. and love their guys, the guys next to I, man. It just that feels good feels really good. I like it. It feels good. You know, you mentioned Texas having deep talent. Hayden Connor agreed. He, this is what he had to say about how deep the talent is at Texas. But the, the talent that we have it in really every position group is just, it's, it's phenomenal. Like I think that we are the deepest team in college football for sure. And, and you know, it really shows like when, when you've got the leading rusher in power five who goes down and you've got Cedric and blue who come in and, and really our offense didn't, didn't stop. Like it kept going. And uh, I think that shows a lot about, you know, our, how, how well we can recruit and also how invested everyone is within the game plan. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So on, on there you go. Deepest, you know, and I would say too, there's a, the different top teams right now. They have stellar wide receivers or stellar quarterback or stellar something, right? Great players. Mm -hmm. I feel like Texas two and three deep at so many positions and it, it took a minute to get there. Yeah. But you can see even, especially, you know, running back, Texas is solid, solid at quarterback and running back. And the, you can see that when he talks about next man up, it really can be when they recruit and develop mm -hmm. at that level that they've been doing. Yeah. Look, I, we're talking about next man up. I would take any of, Texas's right because remember Baxter started this year right he was a starter and mm -hmm. then Brooks came in and was a better fit for that particular time right um 
And then when Brooks goes, you know, we saw that nice combination. You called it lightning and thunder, right? <laughs> we saw that nice combo when Brooks was healthy. And then to suffer the injury like that, wow. we've seen Blue step up. We've seen, you know, Keelan Robinson step up. We've seen these guys. And I will tell you, I can't imagine a, a D1 program out there that wouldn't – these guys would start, right? Like mm -hmm. Keelan would start on, on a different team. So just the idea that they're there and they're waiting for their time and they're waiting for what's right and they're ready to step up and be ready. Right. Oh, man, that that's that's a good place to be. Um, you know, we talked about recruiting classes in the past. Texas, the, there's that narrative. Texas has always had the talent. And while I will agree with that, I think something that kind of covered some of the issues in the past was, yeah, we'd have these highly ranked classes. Charlie Strong could recruit the shit out of everything, right? We know Mac Brown was great <laughs> he was, yeah. recruiting. Charlie Strong was amazing. Recruiter. Right. Tom Herman had mm -hmm. some great classes. But I think what kind of covered some of the underlying issues in those classes, we were stuffing them with four and five stars at the skill position. Right. But we weren't necessarily getting that depth that we really, really needed. We weren't necessarily getting the the talent or the guys that we really really needed in the trenches and culture fit that wasn't always established right 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 so you know again I think we've seen that shift and and it's all these little things that are adding up the mm -hmm. the building of culture getting the right players having the right staff that are making that are making the right evaluations right and developing in the right ways and to be where we're at th that's a huge thing and and I think that's something that shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, and and it's something that's going to continue to grow. And it's I think the future is bright for Texas because of that. We're doing it. We're building the house the right way. So it's it doesn't feel like it's a house of straw right now. Right. It feels like it's on a pretty solid, a sustainable foundation mm -hmm. right now. It feels like what's happening, especially with the recruits and even in the transfer portal, there are some really talented athletes out there. But when Sark talked about how are you going to, when they asked him, how are you going to attack the transfer porter, portal? One of the first things he said was culture fit. Right. Like they have to be a culture fit. That matters first. And yeah. Foremost. If they can't come and bring, you know, toxic mm -hmm. anything, it's not worth one touchdown. Right. And then you, they, they've had nothing but, well, they've had some really fantastic success. And some people are calling Adonai Mitchell the gem of the transfer portal last year for all of college football. It, it's me. I'm some people. It's you. Like yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but they, they know you don't just bring in anyone. You bring in someone that, you know, fits your schemes and fits the position you're needing, but also culture fit. And what a fantastic culture fit Adonai Mitchell has been. The way he speaks, just, oh, I could listen to him talk all day. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we, I, I want to point this out. Yes, I'm sorry for those that threw up in their mouth a little bit when I said the the Steve Patterson name. I apologize. He brought alcohol to DKR. He did. We got to give him credit for that. <laughs> Never forget. But listen, it's, it's that whole conversation of if you forget where you came from, you're doomed to repeat it, right? Oh. So we got to embrace the ugliness. And to, to make sure that we don't do it again. And we know that we're in a much better place now. That's true. All right. <laughs> so we are, um, we had the, we talked with Hayden and we talked all about, you know, how we built up to this moment and how they are now in the college football playoff, the selection, what happened with the team found out. Right. So let's, um, before we move forward, let's take a minute. Okay. 
let's top off our champagne. Oh, I like that. Because these are really sm skinny, small glasses. Uh, sparkling wine. A sparkling wine. I know it's not. It's not from. I don't know where it's from. I'll, let's put it not not by the the. Um, yeah, we'll put it over my lap. Not, not my by computer. Megan's computer. All right, but before we move on, I want to tell you about Covert BK. It's super smooth. Super smooth. Well, I mean, I don't, yeah, it's perfect. I don't have a fancy transition. I'm just going to tell you about Covert BK because they sponsor Texas Sports and Filter, and, and they're we, great. And we are part of Texas Sports and Filter, so I want to make sure people know about them. Don't forget to like and subscribe. By the way. Also, if you would like to be um, be one of our sponsors here on Fire the Cannon, let us know. Contact us. We have what a really special new sponsor coming. I think after the new year. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be in on it, let us know. Okay, so. Covert Auto Group is a family-owned group of automotive dealerships, and they've been in the Austin area over a hundred years. That's crazy, man, man, a lot's changed even since I've been. Well, I mean, I've been in Austin my whole life, but a lot's changed. You're not a hundred years old. I'm not a hundred years old. So yeah, I'm close. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> A Covert Auto Group is committed to providing customers with a high-quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles, as well as outstanding service and customer satisfaction. Go to Covert BK. They are 42 acres in the beautiful hill country in BK, Texas. They have Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And they have Covert, Ford, and Chevy, and Hedo, and Ford, Lincoln, and Austin. CovertBK.com for the specials and inventory. Beautiful, beautiful facility. I, gorgeous. Out go and get a cup crazy. of coffee if you're out there. Like, just walk around. Like, every morning, go get a free coffee. <laughs> no, <laughs> Eventually, you'll buy a vehicle. It's No, it's really no, it's cool. beautiful. It is gorgeous It's really there. pretty out there. Yeah, and look, I'm, I'm, you know, big girl, my Bronco. They, you know, Covert takes care of him and gets him his oil changes, makes him mm -hmm. feel all fancy. So that's I'm telling uh, you, when it's time for my pink Jeep. You got it. You're ready. I'm going I'm I'm to count, count how many times I wrote out, I set out Covert Auto Group. And I was yeah. Saying, and, and pink jeep yeah and pink jeep it's the amount of discount and let's right? see what the discount i get they'll take care of you they'll, sure. they'll take i'm sure they will <laughs> yeah i love it i love it all right so <laughs> let's jump back in uh you know we've got a lot more with hayden and thank you guys again for being with us we really appreciate this don't forget we mentioned this earlier but don't right. forget uh tonight we will post the full audio of our interview with hayden on the fire the cannon podcast so you can find that on whatever uh podcast platform you prefer uh also on Texas TSM. Sports Unfiltered will post the video and the audio, of course. Uh, so that'll be fun to see there. Uh, so if you guys missed anything before, if you're just joining us, um, we're talking, you know, we had talked with Hayden Connor and we're sharing some of his nuggets of wisdom and some yes. insights and be behind the scenes uh, looks and feels. So, yeah. So we have a couple more things that we talked to him about now that we've, we've gotten up to where they made it to, they won the big 12 championship and that, what was the best moment? And did we talk, did we talk about his best moment being the sweat catch? Yeah. We just, mm -hmm. we just played that one. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. How That's also a culture thing when they're excited. Right. Like the best moment was when the D lineman came in and played on offense and scored and the offensive lineman thinks that was the that best was the best moment. Moment. that's awesome man <laughs> that i love tells, that that tells you again about the culture and how much they love each other Absolutely. i mean the whole stadium went crazy Ooh. and i don't know if you rewatch the game at that moment when tavondre sweat caught that touchdown there's the moment where they pan <laughs> to four or five oklahoma state young student female students richard <laughs> really thinks one of them's crying like like that's fair like this is and i'm like maybe she's 
I don't know. She had something in her eye. She had something in her eye. <laughs> Richard's like, she's crying. I love it. <laughs> so Sweat's touchdown was so impactful. One of the young ladies was in tears. I love it. Yeah, listen, <laughs> big man tutties are like one of my favorite things ever. And then to watch it play out that way. I don't know if she was sad now because they were down by 100 at oh, that yeah, point. Like, but, well, she knew. Or because it was so beautiful. She knew her fate. It was so beautiful. She knew her fate. <laughs> she knew her fate at that point. All right. So let's talk about it. So. We'll move forward. The Hayden Connor, we talked about finding out they were going to play mm -hmm. Washington, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're, uh, you know, again, we're excited. We were at the Big 12 championship. We, the fans were incredible. The booing of your mark was Oh, wow, chef's kiss. Yeah, we'll, we'll spend done, a few everybody. minutes talking about being actually at the game. Let's go. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> but but yes, we uh, so we talk about that. It was an incredible moment for the team, right? Um, and it was cool to see how they took that in. Soaked it up, and then now we're looking to the Sugar Bowl. The the announcement was made. Texas is going right. to the Sugar Bowl. Here we go. We are uh, just a little bit before Sugar Bowl. Um, I think there are a lot of perhaps some doubters at the beginning of this year that that Texas couldn't make it this far. A lot of those guys have you know mysteriously disappeared. That's that's odd how that happens. Um, tell us about the Sugar Bowl excitement. Is that are y'all happy that this is a, a New Orleans Sugar Bowl versus Rose Bowl? Is there one that y'all wanted? You know more than the other or we really don't care as long as as long as we were in the top four that that was the most important thing um you know being in new orleans is, is kind of sweet it's pretty much our backyard uh compared mm -hmm. to the trip washington has to make so uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that the fans turn out for sure yeah i'll be there i think this will be a i think it's safe to say this will be a home feeling kind of game for texas uh, Washington travels well too, no question. They do, yeah. They did last year for sure. Yeah, but that but that is, you know, a little different. So you guys are taking on Washington. Uh, you know, we ran into them last year at the Alamo Bowl. Um, we were down a few of our starters. Uh, you know, some opted out, some were in the transfer portal. Do you think that, I mean, are y'all excited to play Washington again? And do you think having that experience? Because I know there's a lot of guys that were on that team last year that are back for Texas and for Washington as well. How do you think that plays out? Is that a, a bonus for y'all? Um, or do you feel a hindrance at all? I'm I'm actually pretty excited. You know, we we this whole year was about, you know, farewell tour, getting revenge on teams from last year. And they're literally the last team that we 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 need revenge from. So uh, I'm excited for that opportunity. Uh, you know, they're they're a hell of a team. They were good last year, and I feel like the 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 two of us have both gotten better in our own or in our own ways. I think I saw some stat where uh, the combined roster for each team, 80% of the team is coming back this year, right. mm -hmm. which is, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I was, 80, her, I was trying to tell us something without the microphone. 80% of the team coming back. So we, we talked about this with Hayden. We got to point it out, you know, Texas, this is the revenge tour. This is the farewell tour to the big 12, but behind the scenes, we've known this is a bit of the revenge tour. Mm. And and it, it so far, it's been scripted pretty wonderfully. Everybody, the hateful eight that we play, the remaining, you know, big 12 teams that are that we're leaving behind, we've had now had an opportunity to play, which is pretty crazy. Like you you couldn't have scripted that better. Right. Then on top of that, Texas ends up in the playoffs. And we get a rematch with the team that beat us in the bowl game last year. Right. Now, circumstances are different. Circumstances are different now. We, you know, last year we thought it was going to be Jay Brooks coming out party. Um, 
and it just took a little bit longer for him with Rojo and with Bijan opting out. Took a little bit longer to maybe get that communication down right. with the ones and everything. It's not plug and play. It's not plug and play. But now we're in a position where, again, 80% of the players coming back. We've, we've talked about the transfer portal. We've talked about how the landscape of college football has changed so much. Right. You got to think that that is a really rare stat at this point to have a, a matchup between teams that played in the bowl the year before and that many returning right. players. 80% is a lot. Well, we and we talked about too, like talk about crazy, rare, super rare things yeah. that could happen. We talked about if, you know, when Texas beats at Washington, should Texas beat Washington and should Michigan beat Alabama? And then if should Texas beat Michigan, right? Like they the will scenarios. be the first. Yeah. Should all those things happen? Texas would be the only team ever to beat all three of the playoff teams in that year. Right. Pretty, I mean, pretty phenomenal. That would be, I mean, some could argue then if that were to happen, some could argue that would be like the best team ever. It, it would. <laughs> the other, it'd be in the conversation. It, it's if a, that were to it's all a happen, conversation for sure. And it'd be fun to talk about. And it. we know for sure that social media would be super chill about it. Oh yeah. Nobody would question us <laughs> if we said this was the best team ever. Well, the cool thing is if this plays out and Texas plays to their capabilities and you know, of course y'all we've got has to be a perfect game to talk about it. Washington's no slouch, right? Ooh, like the, we're not going to overlook them. You you mentioned earlier on the show today, we are very likely going up against a Heisman, a Heisman winner, winner in, in Penix. So this isn't a, a gimme. And I don't think any of us, and they're wide we know the team receivers. isn't treating it like that. The fans shouldn't be treating it like this is a gimme either. This is a solid matchup. If you look on paper, this is going to be a really great game. The, right. the mat, Texas and Washington strengths and weaknesses match up really well in this game so Ooh, it's gonna be good we'll dive into that more on on you know future uh broadcasts but if texas does follow through and play to the potential that they are fully capable of playing right. and make it to the national championship whether they play michigan or whether they play alabama rematch of alabama <laughs> right excuse me there is definitely again if we're going to talk about revenge tour if we see alabama again Yes, we played them this year already, but in my mind, Washington would be the revenge against last year's bowl loss. Right. Now that we're in bowl season and playing Alabama again, that's it. That's a chance to do it for Colt McCoy. <laughs> do it for do it for Colt, y'all. Revenge like, against Colt McCoy. We we could for Colt McCoy. For Colt McCoy. For Col Colt we, McCoy. We could avenge his injury. We could avenge the 09 loss. I the potential the script it will is never there. it will never change if the pain. only Cole it'll never had change not the pain injured. That's fair. <laughs> and I feel like going into Bama and winning, that's fine with me. Yeah, look, we'll I, have 50 more chance. And and actually we go to Michigan in a few months, like in September. Right. So it's all just lining up. It, it's a it's, it's a cool, big time, it's big time football right, happening. Right. And again, if if it if Michigan ends up beating Alabama and Texas beats Washington, then you're talking about a matchup. You're right. It's a prequel to next season. Um, and additionally, Texas would be in the position to do something no team has ever done, which is beat all of the college Woo! football playoff teams in a single season. That's crazy. That's pretty cool. Like it's, the odds of that even being a thing is crazy. Right. You couldn't script that any better. Well, get to work. <laughs> we, so, know the, we know the staff's already working hard. It's reviewing all the film again of all the teams. Absolutely. So we, you know, we were talking about this. 
again, y'all, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, also, check out Fire the Cannon podcast. We will have the full interview with Hayden uh, up later tonight. Uh, additionally, it, we've, we've got some time to talk about the Sugar Bowl, right? We've got a few weeks in between. Uh, so that that presents some problems, right? We right. talked earlier in the show today about how it, it the upside is players have time to recover. Mm-hmm. But there's some potential issues with taking that time off, right? Right. And and do you do you get a little rusty? Do you get a little too comfortable? What happens? And we asked Hayden about that. And how does the team handle the downtime? Right. <laughs> yeah. So with that, you know, we are going into to the uh, a little bit of a lull uh, before we play in the show. Yo, you, you guys aren't we? Are. Yeah, right. Right. Um, how do you guys stay focused now? Like again, this team is being talked about very differently. Um, at this point in the season than they were at the beginning. How do y'all stay focused with that 28-day break uh, between, you know, the, the Big 12 championship game and the Sugar Bowl? How is the team staying focused? What are y'all working on? Um, I know it's finals time, too. Uh, what What's the process right now for that? Uh, yeah, finals is first. Um, so we have we have the week off. We, we, we're working out up at the facility just three days this week. Uh, then we get the weekend off, and then – we get another week where it's kind of just kind of a recharge session where, you know, we get our legs back underneath us. We get our mind clear. We get finals out of the way and then we'll practice. Oh man. We'll practice two and a half weeks before the game. Uh, and then we'll get another break in between there, but we're playing for a national championship. So I, I feel like if, if people are somehow messing stuff up and not being focused, then they don't. They don't belong here. But I have a good feeling that the that the vast majority of the guys on the team are going to be doing the right thing. I love that. I love that. So, so you did. You mentioned. I mean, Texas. We're playing for a national championship. Can you believe it? Crazy. Can you believe it? I, we're here. I what like was it. your reaction when the the they put Michigan, Washington, and then they slid the Longhorn <laughs> across? Cross. I I've been sliding that long cross across <laughs> so many people's feet uh, the was, last few days. Listen, <laughs> Texas I, never makes the playoff. I had zero chill with that. Like, I am not ashamed to admit, like, I acted like a jackass by myself at home alone. My animals all freaked out. They thought I was losing my mind. And listen, they're used to me watching games and being animated, perhaps, mm -hmm. when I, when I watch bit, sports. Maybe. They had no idea what was going on. I think the cat jumped and, you know, Kevin was probably like upside down on the ceiling because I freaked her out so bad. But yeah, uh, it felt surreal. It felt surreal. It was awesome. And I, I still don't know that I fully like wrapped my brain around it. How about you? Man. What what was the Osborne household? We were all in the reaction? living room and Nadia was actually recording us as we were watching it. So I have a great video of us being like, oh my. That'll come up later. I'm no, sure. it won't because my I was doing laundry. My laundry's <laughs> on the floor as I'm separating, you know, blankets and things to wash. Uh, people so understand. I, I know I was doing laundry. And so my, <laughs> it's like us and then all my laundry. Um, anyway, they, but I love the videos that have come out. Like there's this really cool kid. Yeah. That's just the 11 year old. Like, yeah, let's go. Amazing. Oh, he was amazing. Like, oh son, you're just going to have so many moments in your life where it's like, <laughs> yes, no. Yeah. Like that was amazing. And then our friend Corey, like he had a great video of, 
him and is that a stepson? I don't know, the little boy they was with. I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, sorry. He anyway, he had a great moment where they wrap each other up and like, yes. There's been some great video people. It's it's a long time coming and it's a great moment. And I love that some of you have been horrible on Twitter, obnoxiously bad on not, Twitter. Not our followers. Not you. No, no, no. No, greatness. Like, yeah. yes. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't have time to pull up too many bookmarks, but there's people who have lots of time to bookmark some, some old bad takes and all the way from back to oh, I've been living for receipts. I love it. Yes. Living for Loving receipts. all the people who have the time to call up people who said Texas will never make a playoff. I, I love this. KJ, that's a great point when we're talking about uh, Texas competition. Yes, we absolutely did play a Heisman winner. And I think that was absolutely fuel to the fire. Uh, you know, I think everybody can agree once all the games played out, like Vince should have won that, right? We, we know that. Not that Reggie Bush wasn't incredible, but Vince should have won that, which is part of the argument against, you know, awarding the Heisman when they do let the season play out, let it, yeah. let them play their bowl games. Let them, let's see how they do. The fact that Ollie Gordon was still in the conversation after rushing for 34 yards against Texas. <laughs> I, you know, that, that to me, that should factor in. And yeah. and that, that very well could happen, uh, you know, at the bowl games, Penix could ball out or Penix could get shut down. And I think that should factor into it. Right. Yeah. And we'll talk about it, but that pass rush, Texas, is going to really have to scheme up the most effective pass rush of the year. Yeah. And it's 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 got to happen. Our DBs are so young. We're going to be without a mm -hmm. starting safety for the first half of the game. Right. So, you know, they got time. They got yeah. time. I like it. Again, yeah, CB, there were two, thank you. Right. There two. were two. Liner won the year before. Um, and One again, kid was crying. Yeah. Aww. Listen, I, I know that that. And, and we've seen this team loves these conversations. They love the uh, the bulletin board material, right? Mm -hmm. And and Liner gave us a lot of that. There was the conversation um, that USC was a dynasty, and and oh, he Texas, still says the better team won at the end of the game. The better team didn't win. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what said, I meant. Yeah. That's what that's what I meant. And, yeah. and and you know the conversation was that Texas is but a speed bump in the dynasty conversation of USC and. You know, that team, I, I think, took that to heart. Uh, I like seeing – I think there's a lot of similarities. Different teams, of course. Yeah, um, except I haven't heard any bulletin board material from Washington. Not, not from Washington yet. No. no I'm hoping they do. I've been saying I that. I would love them. Poke the bear. I want I want Washington to say something I would something love stupid. it, but I feel like they're not a program that does that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, much like, they're smart kids at UW. Well, and, yeah. and much like, you know, a Saban-coached Alabama team, they're not going to go on and do something dumb, right? They're not going to – put things out there that could potentially poke the bear again. I don't, but I under, hope they do. I hope they do. <laughs> right. I hope they do. And we all know how Bevo reacts in the sugar bowl when dogs are around. So again, I've had that conversation a lot, Yeah, but, but I like it. I like it. So um, yeah, there's definitely opportunity there's, for both QBs to cook. Yeah, both, absolutely. Both QBs to cook. Absolutely. So um, a lot of fun things. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, December 5th, ESPN spent the entire month crowning USC. That's absolutely right. CB. They went on again, Texas in that 05 national championship uh, game. It, Texas was being treated as an afterthought for a month. Mm -hmm. Um, and I appreciate that we're in a different position now. Um, but it, Again, there's some potential here what for, a game. for some some fun things. How many of y'all in the comments right now were at the game? You were at the game at the 05? 
No, I at that one? no, I was at oh nine. Oh nine. Okay, oh, I was yeah. at that one too. I was at the O five game. I was still in college at that time. Actually, I I was really fortunate. Yeah. I was at the Rose Bowl before the Michigan. Yeah, one. I was the too. Michigan the one the year before. I was at that one. I I will say with the O five national championship, I I was really lucky in college because that O five year we had, of course, the the BY and the O five national championship in football. We had a national championship in baseball and uh, our basketball team, our men's basketball team was killing it at the time too. That I mean, TJ we finished, Ford years. that was, yep. we, we finished, I want to say it was at least, we eight, had a, we had a final four. four. Yeah, we had a final so four with, yeah. I, I was in a good, I was spoiled. Well, the, the students now, lucky you guys, <laughs> you get a winning football team. You have a winning basketball team. You have a winning volleyball team. You have a winning uh, women's basketball team. You have, Oh my goodness, winning track and field, winning soccer. Like you have winning programs. Yeah. Winning softball, winning also, softball. Shout out to Ange, uh, the Texas soccer coach. Just oh. got extended to 2028. Oh, nice. Doing a great job. Do you know what and else just got extended through like 2030 something? Texas OU in the Cotton Bowl. Right, right. That was just extended to. Good. Never move it. Jerry World sucks. I'm sorry. Oh, let's does. talk about that real quick since yeah. you brought it up. I All mean, right. we, we haven't talked much about our actual time mm -hmm. at the Big 12 championship game. The AT&T Stadium was a mess. They were they, they were awful. So let's start, let's start with the parking lot drama. Yeah. You're going to have to talk about it because I have too much Megan, rage about it. So. Megan was big mad so oh, and i am. and i i was like what's so wrong with this dude but then later i realized so yeah a little, ahead. No, a little backdrop on that so rocky camp comes up i i show up to set up the tailgate have everything go in I, i'd been there before the lots open like in line had the spot picked out knew everything where i wanted to go they didn't have any attendees there to tell us like where we needed to be. And at the last second, they're like, you guys have to move and go in a different entrance. So then I lose my spot. Go line, all the way around just move to come around. in a different entrance. It's a mess. So I'm already kind of pissy in that. For a lot you paid to park in. Paid. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we, we end up where close to where we wanted to be and had set up. So I, but this guy, like I'll let Rocky tell this, but just so you guys understand what Rocky wasn't understanding about me is I'd been dealing with this guy for a couple hours at this point. And I was like, what's so wrong with him? He's yeah. just trying to keep the place safe. Oh no. He was one of, he was one of those people that give you, give them a little bit of power, power or position. And his position was the golf cart riding around the parking lot. Yeah. And he took that to be, King of the world, like he was, he was. Oh, he was a golf. He was Nazi. a jerk. He was the worst. Yeah, I don't like using that word, but I, I know. yeah, Sorry, I know. No, no, was, no. He was awful. But he was awful. He was absolutely yeah. a tyrant. He was a, he was a tyrant. He there was absolutely a tailgate horrible, tyrant. Tailgate tyrant. So he was coming around on his golf cart. Y'all need to move back. Get back. And what is what? He, there, so, they were, people were standing like it's a parking lot. No cars are coming through. There's a blockade. Yeah. People are standing around the vehicles, having breakfast, having drinks, chatting, talking, taking pictures. We're not even in a throughway. Like, and he's coming through with this cart, hitting people, driving literally into hitting people. the people, mm -hmm. honking and driving into the p into the people for no reason. Yeah. Other than he was in a golf cart. Yeah. Saying. You need to move. You're standing move. in the in the tailgate lot. What if what if uh, ambulance comes or what if there's an emergency? I said if we hear sirens, we're adults. We will slide left. Like, we know how to move. Yeah, this guy. It was. We just learned a lot. that when we were two. Like, yeah. So I mean, dealing with this guy, he was just not a pleasant human being. The tailgate situation was not 
a pleasant tailgate and situation. And then after the game, he was rushing us yeah. off, calling the police over to rush us. Take those tents Literally down. called the cops. We had barely walked up to the vehicle yeah. from the stadium. And he was like. The game was done maybe 10 minutes. 10 minutes. He's like, yeah. get your tents down. We're Take the tents down. And yeah. he's rushing us to take the tents. And he in came their all rules, the way back over to us. In their rules, it says, like, you can be there two hours after the two game. Two hours. So, yeah, yeah, it was just a lot. And. And I will say, and again, this is my argument against moving it to Jerry World. There's more than just this. But so we had that experience with that particular employee and then getting into Jerry World. It felt like nobody knew what was going on. I, I won't say everybody we was as awful as in. him. Yeah. You know, but we there were certain places we were asking, hey, where do we go? And none of none of the people that work there knew anything about it they were like mm, we don't yeah, know yeah if you if you at your ticket if you like zoom 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 in it'll tell you which entry to go in it wasn't just that yeah. i went in the correct entry oh. but it was still trying oh, to find the the lot because we were signs in. to your sections are so tiny it was just a mess all of it was in my opinion it was i know other people had better experiences i did not i've never been a fan of jerry world plus if i want to get a drink i don't want to spend Fifty dollars for oh, a rum and coke. So expensive, but they do have an app where they will deliver your food and <laughs> drinks to your seats. That is true, but they won't go Not pee for it. you. That's the problem because you still got to go up and get up and well, go pee. So look, <laughs> I know you don't like the the Cotton Bowl OU game for a lot of reasons. That's fair. No matter how wrong your take is, I can appreciate <laughs> it. Um, but there's just something magical about the Cotton Bowl, the the old school Cotton Bowl, and being at the state fair. To me, that is what helps make this like it's not about splitting any old football stadium you know down the middle it's about the atmosphere around it you've got you know the the concerts that are going on and the car shows and the the you know the all the shows that they do the the livestock i love that part the mm -hmm. food the fried food like the crazy fair food it it's all of it that makes yeah the the shootout i'm sorry the red river, river rivalry. rivalry yeah it it makes it special and right. moving that to jerry world destroys all of that i think it takes it takes texas ou weekend from being one of the if not the best rivalry in college football mm -hmm. and makes it just another game in my opinion if you move it yeah. i i just yeah that's that's how i feel about it all right so <laughs> the next big game for texas like the big 12 game was I, I thought I, overall the, the actual game was amazing and mm -hmm. we can talk more about that, like our favorite moments and stuff later, but the actual game was amazing. It was a butt kicking. Mm -hmm. It was a blowout. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, the, I'm sure the the Washington fans are furious that they have to fly all the way to new Orleans when the prices of flights are $2,000. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what they get for living in the corner of the world. <laughs> so <laughs> no, they no. should have thought about that before they became peasants. <laughs> I love it. If y'all um, don't know, that is a wonderful quote. That from, is a line. Uh, that Emperor's, props, Emperor's yeah. New Group. Yeah, if, if y'all know where it's from, props. Good like, job. Yeah. They should have thought about that before, before they became peasants. Anyway, we say that line for any time we're just being mean. All right. All right. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, we so again, to, oh, we so again thanks, this. you guys. Thanks for joining us again. I know we're, we're wrapping up here, but we want to say thank y'all. We really appreciate the support. Again, please don't forget to like and subscribe to Texas Sports Unfiltered, both on YouTube. Give us a like on Facebook. Uh, you can live stream at both of those locations. Of course, follow us on Twitter. Um, you guys know me as Texas Fancy Boots. Rocky knows best. Um, also, we will, I'm going to repeat this again, we will be posting the full audio on Fire the Cannon podcast. So please subscribe, set up, set up your notifications. We'll have that full interview with Hayden Connor later tonight. And then Texas Unfiltered, Texas Sports Unfiltered will uh, also 
post the full video and audio of the interview a little bit later, either tonight or tomorrow morning. So we appreciate you being here. We we do appreciate you being here. Um, We want to give a quick shout out to Hayden, how to find him and some stuff that he has coming up. All right, here you go. Defeated in the road white. So we'll see. Two road games. Yes. I love it. All right. Well, I'll let you go. Yeah, please tell people where they can find you on, mm-hmm. on your social media that you do not check and will not see. But um, if people <laughs> want to follow you, can you give them a, a shout out on where to find you on uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere that you think is best? My Twitter and Instagram is the exact same. It's just my name. It's Hayden, Hayden Carr. That's it. That's, I like that you keep it easy, my friend. Keep E-R, it simple. ER. I love that. Uh-huh. All right, man. Well, hey, again, congratulations on an awesome game. You're you're killing it. Your growth has been absolutely phenomenal to watch. And we Cannot wait to see what you and the rest of the guys unleash on Washington in New Orleans in the Sugar Bowl. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, Hayden Connor, you, you're you the best, man. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. All right. Take care. Right. Hook them. All right. So one other thing, again, this is still in the works and we want to share this with y'all. Hayden does uh, also have some charity work that's going to be coming up. It's either going to be with Austin Pets Alive or the Austin Animal Shelter. So please keep an eye. Again, like Texas Sports Unfiltered, like Fire the Cannon, follow us on Twitter. We'll have that information as soon as he's finalized the details for the charity to help Uh, again, you got to love a big guy that loves dogs and and loves animals and is here to help them out. So um, please keep an eye out for that too. So in our closing minutes, we got about 10 minutes left in the show. Again, we love y'all being here. We really appreciate it. We're going to talk about some bowl games that are coming up. The best part, of course, once the big college football playoff, you know, finalists are announced, then everyone else gets bowl games, which we're learning now that we're in the playoff for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we knew that. So um, I would like to start with we. I print. I put on Twitter a calendar because for me, I need it on a calendar. I don't. I don't. I don't want to scroll by dates. I want to see it on a calendar. I don't want to know what's on a Tuesday. But what's really cool? Texas State University, the Bobcats of Texas <laughs> of San Marcos, the Texas State Bobcats are in their first FBS bowl game. That's big. That is amazing. It's because you're there now. It's because I mean I go to Tech State. They finally get to a bowl game. It's not because they, it's not because they joined the FBS. It's I think because, not. Yeah. Anyway, amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. So they get to play Rice and the in Dallas. So they'll get both teams would have you know fans that can drive up, and they're in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. And I'm going to go ahead and make my score prediction. I like it. Let's bring it. Texas it's, it's State early. 75, Rice 74. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, don't know. I, don't I love know. it. Listen, I, I have to say, like, I'll, I'll root for whoever. I actually really like this bowl. Excuse me real quick. Oh. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm still getting over the ick. Um, right. Definitely, Rice was a better team than they've been in the past. They're a bowl team. Yeah. Texas played the most bowl teams of any team in the country. Well, any of the top 25. Yeah. Texas played the most I, bowl teams. I love that. So, uh, watching Rice and Texas State's going to be fun. I think that'll actually tell us where each of those programs are truly at. Oh, Bobcats, when your first time. bowl game. Would you be mad if I went for Rice? Of course. Okay, that's fair. Why would you go for Rice? Well, because I like Rice. I like the mob. I love the mob. Come on. The mob ain't playing the game. Well, I didn't know. The, I still the like Texas them. State Bobcats are playing the game. <laughs> I love it. I love. I, hey, Sandman, we'll definitely let Hayden know. Solid beard. He's he's doing it right. Big man with a big beard. It's always fun. So, uh, yeah, I love it. All right. So another one. You know, we were talking about USC a little bit earlier. Right. They had their bowl game announcement. 
And and as soon as it was announced, Caleb Williams is like, I'm bouncing. I'm, I'm bouncing. Yeah, that portal was crazy. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks in the portal. Well, he's head to the NFL, and I would not risk injury for this bowl game either. There's that, but again, we'll we'll we next show. He's going to the NFL. We're gonna talk about quarterback transfers, the portal. Oh, the there's so much to talk about. But and by I love then it. we'll know where a lot of them are going to. Right. So this one is going to be uh Louisville, who just couldn't pull it out. Against a limping FSU. How many years did did they take football back? It was the worst. that was hard and, to watch. Louisville and FSU. I felt like I should write letters to their grandparents about how sad football became was, after they it was left tough. it to them. It was hard to watch, but oh, they awful. have been announced for the uh, Petco Park, uh, the <laughs> Holiday Bowl. At Petco Park in San Diego, which is San Diego. Spanish for Will's vagina, if you didn't know that. Um, <laughs> San Diego is my second favorite city in the United States. It's a fun place. So if it wasn't Louisville, USC, I might try to get to that game. Feels like that's going to be a home game for USC. I have a funny holiday bowl story to tell you real Bring quick. It. When we were playing, was it Arizona State? Who did we play in the, in the, in the holiday bowl in January? Not, someone will know. CB, CB who did we play January? 2008 and uh, sorry December 2007 in the holiday bowl because I was very pregnant with my daughter Nadia and I went with my sister to the snack bar it, was it Arizona it wasn't Arizona State who was it it's the one where Mac Brown's stepson or, or son-in-law went out into the field and got a I remember foul. yeah I remember we were, that. okay so we were at that game Arizona, Arizona State, State. yeah I was you. right okay so I went with my sister to the thank you CB to the to the snack bar and this Arizona state fan comes behind us and he's like, you know, all the, all the, all the F Texas things. And I'm like, what? And I turn around and I'm very pregnant. Yeah. And he goes, and you're fat too. Cool. (laughs) He called me pregnant. I love it. Gotta love college football. And I'm like, go check the score boy. I think we're beating you by 30 right now. Okay. Anyway, moving on. That that was my holiday bowl experience. Horrible stadium. That was the old horrible stadium. Yeah. All right. It was Qualcomm at the time, I think. Yeah. You have to take like nine trains and then you're in an old crumb. I felt like it was going to crumble on us. Don't be too loud or this whole thing. I thought it was going to crumble on us while we were cheering on the game. That's all right. All right. So moving on. This is one. This this is one of my favorite. When this was announced, I'm not going to lie, I was actually pretty excited about this too. Same exactly that. The Little Brother Bowl. <laughs> it's a Texas Bowl, but you got to talk. I saw something. The Tex Act. Let me. Tex, te- tax Act. It's the Tax Act. Tax Act Texas Bowl. That's you hard have, to say. They fast. pay good money for that to be the Tax for Act them. Bowl. All right. To me, okay, so we get to see the fighting Texas A&M farmers against Oklahoma State, the Pokes. I like this. The way that I'm viewing this okay. is if you had ordered the Red River rivalry oh, so funny. on Wish, <laughs> this is what you'd get, right? Like you end up with Tamu against OSU. Look, I like, I saw somebody call it the Dollar Tree Red River that's rivalry. Fair. I just feel like it's that, like if you Malcolm, order it on Malcolm Wish, what you that. think you're getting is uh-huh. Texas OU and what you're actually getting. Oh, that is so that's, funny. Like, it'll be fun. That's pretty funny. I, I will say in... in some of Texas's, you know, we had a few down years. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Christine, uh, y'all might know her on Twitter, Christine Hookham. Oh, yeah. Um, she and I decided this was a year that Texas did not make a bowl. So we were just going to go on the hate tour. 
And we ended up watching A&M and K-State at the Texas Bowl. Mm-hmm. And we ended up going to the Sugar Bowl right. and watching uh, OU and Auburn, I think it was that year. Uh, so I I feel like A&M should be pretty comfortable at the Texas Bowl. I, I will say they're going to have a leg up there. Houston area, you know, it's played at Energy Stadium. There's going to be a lot of Aggies there. That's obviously. Oh, that Houston is Aggie is College Station too. Like they will be there. There's they'll, a lot. They'll, they'll come cheer. They'll so, be there. So it'll be fun. And it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. what happens with the coaching and how all that plays out. And what I mean, players if they, they don't actually score have at least 49 on them. Listen, I mean, because the conversation gives up 49 to anyone with half an offense. We right? had we had a lot of a lot of chatter on Twitter about Texas beating Oklahoma State. So we'll see how that plays out. We heard winning a championship by beating Oklahoma State is awful and, and worth nothing right. is what we were told. Right. So if you don't whoop Oklahoma State, you must not be much of a team that's I, what i heard this week i'm just saying that's what i heard this oklahoma week. state has the chance to do probably one of the funniest things hilarious. possible hilarious in the bowl game season. get it so i like it all right i like it <laughs> so moving on the um we have we'll blast through the next week yeah 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 so we know y'all are going to join us next ohio week. state mm-hmm. georgia okay georgia six georgia florida state five how do they still have them at five if they don't think because they won their champ, they won their. I know, but they're do, undefeated. But are they the fifth best team in the country? I, with no, what, no. What, the spread. Georgia would beat them by 15, 20. and we're gonna I, see it. We'll see it. Listen, I, we'll talk about this on our next episode for sure. But I, I appreciate this. Feels like a consolation prize for FSU. Mm-hmm. I think the right four. I think the best. That's the Orange Bowl, by the way. Right, the best four teams ended up in. The college Absolutely, football player. Yes. For where they're at and the personnel that they yes. have, I that's I think that played out properly. Agreed. I will say this does feel like a consolation prize for FSU. Like you ended up number five, you're in the Orange Bowl. I think Georgia's going to destroy them, no question. But you still got to give a team credit oh, for yeah. going undefeated. Like th- that is not an easy thing to do. No. And going completely undefeated, winning your conference, no matter what the conference is, you won it. And you you won three of those games with a backup quarterback and sometimes a back backup quarterback. Back back. So look, I do I think this is going to be a close bowl game? Probably not. But you got to respect it and you got to give FSU some credit. And I do think they deserve to be there. Unfortunately, with how their season played out, it's going. I feel it's it's going to be a rough game for them. All right. So Liberty somehow, you know, the SMU goes ranked just behind them. And Liberty is undefeated. They get to play Oregon. Mm-hmm. That's their prize. They get to play Oregon. Bama, Michigan. So just with 10 seconds, Michigan's face when they saw it wasn't ah! Michigan's team when they saw they thought they were going to get to beat up on a broken FSU and they get Bama. Yeah. The reaction videos were pretty great. You see it at Texas. Obviously, we're excited. You see it at Bama. They're they're excited to be there. You've seen Michigan. Michigan, oh, bless their little hearts. <laughs> they did not, they did not, the chips did not fall as they wanted them well, to. Well, you know, that maybe that's karma <laughs> for the cheating. Yeah, well, they get, know, they have to play a real game to make it to that's, the final. That's a conversation we'll have too. Does does Michigan deserve to be in this the playoffs uh, with the season and the accusations that are floating out there. Right. We'll All talk right. About so, the next time. And then of course we're going to talk Texas, Washington. We will get, we'll watch some Washington games. We'll get some feedback. We'll get some talk to some people that really know what's happening with the teams and figure out 
where our picks are going. I love it. But a couple of things. You killed it today. Made the drive up 35 <laughs> so much better by Cooter, your favorite That's name. That's my favorite. I love it. Your favorite name. It. And Jenny said, thanks for taking making Texas football real. Ask my girl, Jenny. I love her to death. Hey, thank you for joining us, y'all. Again, I'm going to repeat one more time. Don't forget. Please like and subscribe, Texas Sports Unfiltered. Uh, we are on YouTube live every day. You've got us. You can follow us on Facebook, too. Uh, please follow Fire the Cannon podcast um, on Twitter. We are Fire the Cannon 1. And uh, we will post that full audio interview with Hayden Connor tonight. That will be up live. So like, follow us, and subscribe so that you get that notification when it's ready. Um, and then Texas Sports Unfiltered will have the full video interview with Hayden Connor uh, posted either, probably early tomorrow. So yeah. we'll have that up. Again, we appreciate y'all, as always, for joining us. Send us your comments on Twitter. Give us some ideas of what you'd like to hear about next week. We oh, are yeah. here every Wednesday live from 3 to 5 p.m. We appreciate you. So tonight we're going to have to sign off. So thank you, as always. For now, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon. Thanks, y'all. Hook them. Good job, girl. <laughs>